Episode one, three, three, and it's me, Gary P, <laughs> and the prop Gary Riley. What a club! Right, so uh, Ocean Electrical still our sponsors, still fantastic, and we're in negotiations for next season as well. So we have to keep plugging them now, and hopefully they'll come back on board. So Ocean Electrical for all your electrical needs. So we're gonna go through all of the drama from last tour's as Europa toy, remarkable penalty shootout and cork in the FAI Cup, and look ahead of the Bowls game on Saturday. So we have a special guest to help us do it. It's Greg Bulger. Greg, you're very welcome. Glad to be here, lads. Thanks Thanks for having us. This is our first in-person guest since March, Gar. He's physically here. He's not a voice <laughs> coming out at the end of my phone. I could actually touch him. Yeah, but I'll you can't. Away. Don't I'll touch him. I won't away. actually <laughs> touch him. I'm saying I could do it. He's already droid. No. Everything's above board here at Tifties. We've got our distancing. Nobody climbs up gates. No one does any of that sort of no, stuff. No, nothing no. like that. That's not our game at all. But the players we've had in the studio before, we've had Gary Shaw, Tom, or Luke Bourne, James Duna, the uh, intellectual colossus that is James Duna. We've got <laughs> Dave McAllister, Big Al, Joey O'Brien, Aaron McAniff, Ronald Finn, and now you're joining that elite club, Greg. Mm-hmm. They were all in the famous Johnny Blues bar, which you unfortunately won't. See today. This is what uh, Gary refers to as uh, the prof's lair. And he's always, I was referring to like he claims I have like bodies. Definitely. Like in some dungeon somewhere. So like Don't tell me that. There's a trap like, door somewhere and what, it's down to the What sort dungeon. of vibes are you getting? Is it does it look like harmless book collector or a potential serial yeah. killer? Yeah. Yeah, second Just one. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, nice didn't like that. There's a secret light switch there that leads down to the dungeon. So tell us about the injury and how it happened and how is your recovery going? Yeah, um, sitting there really for me, uh, was, I think it was just a week before the season against Wexford Utes, just kind of not this ta- tackle, kind of still just got caught in the ground and um, kind of heard a little crack so I kind of got a bit of a fright, but um, I was kind of half thinking to myself, it's not that sore, couldn't be like, I thought just maybe my ankle going around and kind of cracked a bit or whatever, but um, went over on it anyway, heard the crack and I was, I was kind of on the ground, <laughs> lifting my leg up thinking, how bad is this? And it was actually grand. It was fine. And then uh, there was a photograph right on the money as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, just it was, as it happened, yeah. and, and it just, did look pretty bad. Yeah, it just me kind of weight. You know, fat arse kind of just probably went down on uh, on top of it. But then it was grand. I kind of went to walk walk off like a hero. <laughs> but um, couldn't walk off. So I'd be stretched off. But it was kind of raised up for a while. And then Tony Mack was in touching it, touching around the area. I was like, that's not that sore. Like it's not that tender. Like. But obviously I heard something, so I was a bit like thinking something's not right, you know. But then I was, um, so obviously it was elevated for a good while, and I went to the hospital and it was still elevated. And for ages I was like, this couldn't be broke, it's not that sorry, it's not that sorry, you know what I mean? And then um, I went to get up, I think it was about an hour later, and the hospital went up to go go to the toilet. 
and all the blood obviously rushed down and I was like, ah, oh, leg, help, I was in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously got a, got the result then off scan and it was, uh, so I had a little crack in my fib. So um, it's kind of the thing you have to do, do a small procedure. And um, yeah, sickened, okay, I couldn't believe it really because fair, I've been lucky enough over the years with, with injuries and stuff. I hadn't had bad injuries. Um, like I said, I've been lucky enough and I was just thinking to myself, can a week before the season? And that's gone now and it's just like I'm looking on the road to rehab. Um, yeah, one month in though, one month down. You can look at it like that. Yeah, that's it, that's it. One down now. I was in a cast for two weeks, then I was in a, I'm in a boot for three weeks, getting that off, I think, today or tomorrow. Or, uh, tomorrow. I'm fascinated with that fact that you were only in a cast for, for two weeks and now you're just walking around with like pretty much a sock on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought obviously the surgeon was thinking behind it that like I need to get my ankle joint moving quick as quick as possible. And the good thing about the injury as well, I was lucky enough that it's just a little fracture on me in me in my fib that uh, there was no damage to the ankle joint or or my ligaments or anything like that because if I tore my ligaments like, we're talking months like yeah. you know what I mean, rehab and stuff and you had to be stitched back up and stuff like that. So look at the positives that way. But the surgeon said that uh, in the cast two weeks it was oh, it was tight now the cast. He had I, he definitely had it too tight. <laughs> yeah. I was in agony there for the last two weeks two he weeks. He was throbbing, was it? Yeah, uh, I was sore like but um yeah, so I got out of in the boot and the whole thing was that I can get my ankle joint moving quick enough so I'll start doing exercise after two weeks, which is rare enough after a kind of a, having a break, you know. Yeah, so you're back on the road to recovery already. So, yeah, on the on the road, um hopefully get his boot off he's gone the next few days <laughs> and um, just start whacking the rehab out then and hopefully it all goes well and like you said there uh, hopefully back for maybe 30 minutes of the cup final <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, no it's all good I'm good is it tough on the sidelines especially this oh, season I because can't watch football I only realised there only realised there the last few weeks I, I can't watch football I'm <laughs> kicking every ball screaming and shouting I said the lads are leaving on the pitch obviously it'd be like that anyway but I think on the sideline the boys will still be hearing me, especially now with like obviously with no fans in the thing, I'm kicking every ball. But um I was kinda of saying to myself there, I go sign back on any more games, wait till I'm a bit better or getting involved in the warm up or something like that. Mental torture. I'm telling you, even especially the other night then as well. Oh, stop towards the night. But um no, it is hard watching and it's obviously it's weird with no fans, like it's it's weird to know coming in, no fans there. Even the other night the European game was just like leaves is obviously suspended. You go see beside me, I goes this just does not feel like a European night like at all, you know what I mean? Because obviously, every other European night there's fans out, places packed. Special, isn't it? It's a little yeah, bit different. It's good nights, like special nights, and this, I was like, this is weird, this is like a, friend, like a pre-season friendly. Even though there's so much at stake, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, watching games, yeah, I'm a disaster. I can't watch football. <laughs> is it particularly hard to take this season? Because you, you'd started our last three games before the break. Yeah. The Waterford, the Ducks, so I go, you're obviously an important player for us. You've helped this team build the war as a proper title challenge yeah, over the yeah. last couple of years and you obviously wanted to see that coming to its fruition yeah no it was uh, it was hard because I was flying as well I was flying coming back obviously with uh, in the lockdown as well we missed a few into our fitness as well so uh, I kind of stayed on top of it you know I came back and I was flying around to go and uh, everyone was prepared was flying but um, especially like had that fire in the belly to get back and see the season out because obviously we were so long without games so I was mad to go, yeah, and then um, probably just way probably too eager in the tackle lads that day to uh, end up getting injured. But no, it was um, it was a signal for myself. But um, yeah, we started well in the se- obviously in the season, and we wanted to be a part of that going forward. So I mean, obviously not part of it, but not on the pitch. But um, so yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was sick, it was sick, and especially when the season was so short, and there was going to be a lot of games, squads were going to be changed, everyone's going to get a game. It's a squad game these days, anyway, you know. So no, you said the squad game. Does that 
resonate within the squad and do people are they obviously they've bought into that oh, big time. where they'll say okay well I'm on the bench because we talked we spoke about this about a player not necessarily being dropped they're being um, what's what's the term we said we didn't say they were being dropped rested, rested or something like that but you're, you're part of the squad so you're probably yeah. more likely going to get game time no I think so and I think that goes back to the gaffer like you know getting getting certain types of people in and you see the way we're so close to Nick group regardless of our playing or not you see cup finals you see in the last year at times this year again like people coming in probably disappointed they're not playing but still coming in making an impact thought like, like Dean Williams the other night and Dylan Watts coming on thought they were excellent for us yeah. I don't know if you've seen it with the stream stream but like I think that's that's down to the gaffer and getting the right people in you know because you can all I've obviously played in teams before where we had up maybe back with Pats and Cork we were probably up there wherever we went up there challenging for stuff and Maybe a diff, diff, bit different at Carp, but a pass we probably could have had them. So you're saying you had a couple of Charlies at Pats, was it? You've already mentioned <laughs> Killian Brennan on yeah. that one. <laughs> but no, but like, there's no, yeah, obviously, in other teams, you get, like, you get clicks and stuff, and you could have the best players, but it mightn't have the best team, you know. But I think with this, you kind of, a lot of credit's got to go to the gaffer, like, getting yeah. the right people in, you know, because it doesn't always work, you know. But He puts a lot of emphasis yeah, on personality, like, doesn't right, he? It's going to be the right person and have the right character and kind of right mentality about you, you know what I mean? So. Obviously, lads that don't play, I want to be very disappointed, you know. And obviously, Gaffer made big decisions last year, the cup final, and then obviously starting back games, lads are not playing, they're not probably not happy. But at the same time, they get over that fairly quick and they're ready to go and come on when, when, when they're needed. So I think it is a squad game, you know, it's, it definitely is. But you reach the dizzy heights. You reach the dizzy heights of three goals last season. Very you normally leave it at just a one. So you scored on our debut as well, we ran a bus. Our very very first bus to Finn Harps. Oh, you yeah. slammed one home, and uh, Mitzi scored in the rebound. The, yeah, one of the lads came on <laughs> and buried it in the rebound. Got one of the lads <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us, have you? Is that something that you think about in your in your game? Is adding goals to it or? Uh, no, not no. really. Uh, look, it'd be nice to score goals. It's nice to score goals, alright. But I don't think the gaffer leaves me over the halfway line, so I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> when I'm playing. But no, nah, my job's obviously. See, he's a defensive midfielder, like, just give the ball to the good players, let them score the goals. You remember <laughs> saying that before, <laughs> yeah? I was looking up your stats, you scored seven for you today yeah, in 2010. Yeah, How did you score that many? Uh, five or penalties. <laughs> oh, there we go, yeah. I shouldn't have said that, should I? But, uh, yeah, seven, yeah, I was repeated, I was the best. So I want to ask you about the, the 2018 Greg Bolger and the 2019 Greg Bolger, because going into that 2019 season, I think a lot of the fans were looking at it thinking, you might find it, tough to find a place in this team especially after signing Jack Byrne and Aaron McIniff but then within the first two months you're playing out of your skin you're probably one of the first names on the team sheet you're a lot of people's player of the year at that early stage so what happened over that winter what was done to sort of up your game upon the previous year Um, I think there's a few factors obviously I'll be playing playing my best but I don't want to make excuses either I don't know uh, I probably didn't play my best but I felt it kind of hard coming obviously from Cork, right? I found it hard coming from Cork, playing a certain style. <laughs> been a, in a team for two years, been asked to do a certain thing. Yeah. And then uh, don't want to go into it, but I basically fucking lumped the ball down the down the wing. But uh, but then coming into Brad's and he wanted to play a different style, and obviously I've been used to that with Pats and stuff, and getting the ball, playing playing the ball on the deck and stuff. But uh, I think I found a hard or found a hard the transition coming back to playing bad habits. I probably picked up down there you know yeah so uh coming back i had to get back to what way the, the gaffer wanted to play and stuff and don't think he was too happy we probably expected me to do a bit more of it 
So you went from pretty much clipping balls into yeah, the yeah, channels yeah. to no crisp risks. pass. Don't be taking any risks. And to be fair, before I obviously you know past team a few years ago we we played decent enough football, and then um, doing the call was a bit different. But getting back into that into that rhythm and doing certain things on the pitch that probably you wasn't used to, didn't probably have to do for two years, you know. And then obviously uh, I think I probably wasn't as fit as I should have been. Was fit probably, but just probably too heavy. No, I've been touched on it before. You spoke about that with your yeah, diet before, before, didn't you? I don't even think it was diet. I think it was just the tiny weights in the gym. You know, yeah. I got a bit excited coming back, buzzing for a year <laughs> <laughs> in the gym. And um, probably did because you know, I said like if I do whack out the weights, I I get big, like you know. Then I had to manage that with diet and stuff like that. And the whole thing for me, my game is trying to cover the ground, get across the pitch, and cut out passes and stuff. And I probably wasn't probably that yard off, you know. But then obviously that year went and. Obviously, we had, I sat, sat down with the gaffer, and obviously, he knows me, I'm honest as a day, I'd say it to him, I, that was, I didn't have a great year. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. the club, at the time, I don't think we, we, the team didn't have a great year, because we were probably start too bad, and we had a few mistakes to start the year that year, and kind of led on to that, we, just kind of, we would be good for a few games, we would be bad for a few games, but I um, sat down with the gaffer and just said, look, I'm not doing any weights, I'm going, just whatever, and he goes, yeah, look, tied in with Darren Dillon, and um, do probably, for, just lay off the weights, more conditioning stuff. And kind of hit the ground running, but I said it to the gaffer, look, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't good enough. And he goes, look, we need more now. And he goes, yeah, I know, 100%. So kind of kicked on then back into the rhythm and probably another year under the belt of trying to play that way, the way that we gaffer once. And yeah, and then obviously we started the year well, probably came up short in the league, it was disappointing. And then we won the cup. So look, we had a good year as a team. And as we said, I thought I had a good year as well. So. And then I was looking forward to this year, and then bang, wallop. <laughs> <laughs> At one stage, you were unplayable last year. Yeah. It was it was nuts that we were the fourth player in our team. Yeah, you were the MVP for like March and April. Yeah, it was. Did you get uh, club player of the year yeah, award? No, club, club player of the month. Club, was it club player of the month? Yeah, one of the months. I can't remember which Possibly one. Possibly one of them. But it's Monday morning anyway, as we record here. So Greg will be part of our Cork FAI Cup game review. So we don't know the result, and uh, we're talking that could, we could see Sean Callan get a run out. Bradza has spoken about going to attack the cup that we won last year and it's our trophy and the players won't want to give it up. So is that highly motivating the players, Greg? Is it a, a thing where considering we we brought this cup everywhere, <laughs> I think we still have it. We, they didn't even have it for the draw. No. We still had it for the draw. <laughs> so uh, it's our cup. So is that motivating the players to no, hold on to it? 100%. I think a lot of last year's players... <clears throat> a lot of the lads last year was um, probably the first time playing the cup final and it was like even talking to him after and all and I, obviously, obviously I was lucky enough to play in a few like but I was like kind of basically saying to the lads like how good was that how good <laughs> was that you know like that kind of feeling and stuff so I think that's a big um, big incentive to get back there and obviously it's whatever at the end of the season is the big, big day and getting you know the build up to it and all it's different from any league kind of game and European game and it's it's different, you know, but um, I think the lads are more of uh, the gaffer, the staff, everyone were mad to get back and hold the cup, you know what I mean? So you can have them bring it for around for another year. <laughs> but um, no, it is. It's a it's a big um, big motivation, and we want to get back there. You said it's a great day. Obviously, it might be a bit different this year if we were to get back, which we're planning on doing with like. With we're here in Tallis Stadium. Is that is that the show? I've heard that. Little sneaky rumor. Yeah, um, didn't know that now, but yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, you know, like you said, probably two things at the start of the year, you want to win and that's one of them, so there's no reason why we shouldn't be motivated and, and the boys are mad to get back and even after the game Thursday night, um, Gaffer was like, yeah, it's great, enjoy your night, but we're back in tomorrow, we're cooked, <laughs> cooked, cooked in to win Monday, so we're like, yeah, okay. Mind on the money. I have a bit of a riddle for you. 
No. Last time, Robbers. You don't get this, you're going to the dungeon. That's, last that's time, Robbers defended the cup was 32 years ago, right? Why? We, it was a home game. We lost 2 0 home to UCD. Why did our home fans actually cheer the result? Why did they cheer us getting knocked out of the cup? She's having a clue, but I guess. Cheers, you getting knocked out of the cup. It's a mad one now. I'm actually, I actually don't know. Isn't it? Oh, you do. Well, what, what, what round in the cup? You're going to be the first round. First round. Yeah. Why did UCD? Oh, why did the fans cheer UCD? Is is it the obvious one? I'm thinking. Why did we celebrate the fact that we got beaten at home in 1988? 1988. I was born that year. Four four seasons now, Milltown. Was it? Yep. That's yeah. the answer. So it was in Talca Park. So it was seen as sort of a fuck you to the yeah, coins. Whereas the away games, the fans would have travelled and cheered on the team. Yeah, home yeah. games, only be one or two hundred in there, and you know it was all protests yeah, yeah, for a yeah, whole yeah. season. Oh, so very very strange times <laughs> yeah, so then. we wanted the club to go yeah. but take us back to the Aviva anyway and most of the squad have never won a major trophy before so you have two leagues and four FAI Cup medals it's a different kind of hunger for you to win the Cup day considering the, everyone's bought into the squad mentality and like we always said you got man of the extra man of the match in extra time <laughs> yeah. and it's something that's going to be remembered forever and it's something that's still talked about as well is the impact you had in that so was there a different kind of hunger to win the cup that day, considering there was a lot of players that didn't win it? Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Just looking back, I just I sat back, kind of waiting that bit, like just all the years, like playing in teams and stuff, and uh, fellas that I wouldn't be in the team, wouldn't be in the squad and stuff. It always kind of bugged me that like if they, like if they were trying to tie us out of pram, you know what I mean? Obviously, I was lucky enough to be starting in teams all the years, but kind of sit look at fellas on the bench, and you kind of don't really take notice of it. Then I kind of I did a bit, and I was just thinking like. To be sulking or to come on in, their heads are gone coming into games and not having the team. I was like, so immediately coming into the I'm game never, as a sub. I always kind of always said to that was a few years ago. I'm never going to be that cunt. Yeah. You know what I mean, that uh, that does that. Like, yeah, I'll have your head lost that you're not playing. You're disappointed, but at the end of the day, like you know, you're coming on to do a job <coughs> for the team and, and the lads. And if you have the respect for the lads and the team and the club, you'll do that. You know what I mean? You won't let that uh, affect you. But um, obviously, I was disappointed that I didn't play <coughs> in the cup final. But I was always kind of thinking to myself, right, if I get on here. Then I was coming out for two minutes, so I was like, or two, two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Michael Duffy scored, but um, I was like, right then, give it a, give it a bash. And uh, was always ready. I was, I was even saying to <coughs> Macker and all that that morning, like we had a chat, like, and I was like, look, I'd be ready to go, uh, ready to put in, because that kind of, back to what I said, I was saying, oh, I kind of always stuck with me, like that, can't afford to be coming on, like, Sulking and coming but they, on the players and in their, in their own mind would think, yeah. okay, well, Greg can come on here and do a job here. <laughs> yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll help them mentally as well. No, if yeah. they're starting to lose legs towards yeah, the end of the game, it, that's it. But I always kind of thought to myself that I'm never going to be that person that could you know, be sulking. I know it's cool, finally, you're going to, you're, it's different, but like just in general, so like I was ready to come on and do it. But um, like I said, with the boys, the motivation is, is definitely there to get back. So it's like once you taste it, you're mad to get back and have another crack at it, you know, and what a day it was. and like I'm sure some of the lads will say it's probably their best day in football as well. You know, a few of them yeah. speaking to them and, uh, and likely so, yeah. The unique thing about you is that you've ended cup famines at two different clubs. You had Pats 53 years and Rodgers 32 years. I know, I know. It's mad, yeah. It's mad. 53 years of Pats. All 27 of Pats fans turned out for the celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It was a long, it was a long, it was a long time Cork won it as well, wasn't it? it was... It was a few years. It was one as long as that as the other one as well. But yeah, nah, no, Cork was not. Cork was two thousand seven until yeah. two thousand sixteen. 
But did it hit like when the fans kept coming up to you afterwards and you saw how much it meant yeah, to them? Did it sink in how long the fans have been waiting for that? Yeah, no, it, it does. That's that's the mad thing. Like, over a few days, and I don't think maybe some of the young lads realise. I was like, even saying to the lads, you win this cup, lads, you should be heroes. I'm telling the lads in the gaff and stuff. And it's probably like, it's probably I'm shaking on here, like saying this, but you don't realise how much this is going to mean to everyone, you know what I mean? The fans and how many, like, of course, most of the generation, these fans probably haven't seen a cup being lifted, you know, at the club. Younger, the younger generation, I was. You don't realise, like, what, what this is going to mean. Like, obviously, you have your own motivation and your own things to do, but like, just to the fans and everything, getting that, getting your hands on that cup, how, how much it means to to the lads and especially our fans, and then obviously the like the older generations as well, seeing their seeing their club lift the cup, like. I, but you've had that experience with different clubs, and you genuinely know how it feels for the fans yeah. to to lift the cup. But it might be lost on some of the. Some of the younger that's players, it, that's it. That's because they don't know. That's why I was reminding them. I was like, I'm not putting more pressure on you here, but you, you do because <laughs> like you'll be heroes, like you know, because you just don't know when you can win that again and have a chance to win it again. Because obviously, certain circumstances mightn't be to win it again or whatever. So it's kind of fucking enjoy it, you know, and, and make the most of the day that's in it and give it, give it all, you know. Did the players feel like this is a springboard for this season? Did they think that they could work and build off of that big cup win? Yeah, look, and it, move it, on. it can go both ways. I've seen it go both ways. You can see. Last teams that have won stuff and have gone the other way, and then I've seen teams that have won and kicked on, you know. So, like you at Cork, that's kind of what happened yeah, there, isn't it? That's it, like you know, and like obviously, there's certain demands to get there and win, and then but like I just I've seen it both ways go both ways, but I think with this group, it's it's lads are hungry, and I think that's half the battle. A good age group with lads, a few senior pros, obviously, young lads coming through, lads in their mid 20s. It's a great mix, actually, it is, it? it's a great mix, and like it's 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 the hunger is there. That's the main thing. That's the main thing for any group working going for. If the hunger is there, regardless of whatever abilities having on crack like that, but I think if the hunger is there, you have a great chance. And with this group, we do. So I think obviously you've seen. I think when's the last time you, you lost a game? You know what I mean? I don't. I was looking at it there last night. September. September last year it was it? Yeah. A, a year now, like you know. And obviously there's a break in the league and stuff, but <coughs> I think that hunger is there to kick on and win more stuff and <coughs> got a taste of it. Um, <coughs> man for more, yeah. So we beat Ilves Tam Tampere. Tampere, Tampere, Ilves Tampere in the Europa League and a marathon penalty shootout after a two-two draw. Extra time, Metalis. So what a night! Brads are picked the same team as the one against Shelbourne, which was a bit of a bit of a shock to be honest. Now I thought he might not have uh, he might not have went with the same team. Mm. Yeah, the European debuts for Scales and Ferrugia, and then later Williams and Lafferty came off the bench. That was their first ever. European appearances. Their team news was incredible. They had eight injuries. Were you aware of that? No, no. Five regular stars. Yeah, according to uh, Tuppy, that's a Finnish gentleman we interviewed last that's week. That's a spoof. <laughs> <laughs> he said five of them were regular starters. Yeah. And, uh, a few international, didn't they? Under 21 internationals. Yeah, we were checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Including Saskada, who scored for Rops and Tala four years ago. He was ill. And our good pal Tuppy, he uh, got, got a few new Rawers followers on Twitter. I noticed that, yeah. As a follow-on from his appearance. And then he had to announce that. He had to warn that he only speaks in Finnish. So don't be disappointed. I'm sure there's a Finnish book somewhere on your, <laughs> on your bookshelf there. We can learn a little bit. Yeah. And afterwards he sent us the, um, just to serve a little, his experience of the game. He said, he said, we went to a pub downtown to watch it, but the stream was broken. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so we missed most of the game. At least we cashed the, the goal at 2-1 and then we went mental. But he says, in the back of my mind, I kind of knew if that had went to penalties, we'd lose. 
Because even though Mika Hillander is a good goalkeeper, he can't catch penalties. <laughs> he always predicts them wrong. <laughs> He actually did fluff a couple, didn't he? He got a few, he got mm. a few right, he right away. Oh, the Lafferty's one was terrible. Aaron McAniff. Aaron McAniff got very lucky as well. In, yeah. Squeezed in, yeah. You can't catch a cold. So, an always with you banner was draped across the sea to the south stand. And does that, does that type of thing help? The ultras, like there was a big banner always with you up at the south stand, the block X where the ultra Seems stand. So that type of thing, like would that affect a player's mentality do you think? And they think, okay, well this this might give us a little boost maybe. Um, yeah, well, yeah it would. I think the big boost we got was all of the all the lads coming over the wall at the end got us, <laughs> <laughs> got us over the line I think. But no yeah it's 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 weird um, it's weird with no fans. It's it's just it's the atmosphere. Like I think that was worse than the than the cup final. The wrong lads going to penalties and it's just silence. And they're in the stand, and I'm just thinking, like, I want to shout, like, come on, like, or whatever. But then it's like, nah, the whole place will hear me. Then. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And he's going to, the player's going to hear me, you know, because you know, if you're, the fans are there, you'll be shouting, and everyone will be shouting. So you can hear loads of things, but then if it's just, if it's one person shouting, he's like, right, will I shout you or leave him off? Like, Joey's walking up to the last, he's like, come on, Joey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, come, come on, Joey. Joey. <laughs> I, was, I only lost the plot once, it was when. I'll save the penalty right at the end. Ah, I was trying to remain quiet because I was filming the whole penalty. Some shooting. save as well. Yeah. Some save. But uh, Hooperman was on the lookout as well. He was looking for a knock. The Ilves mascot, the Bobcat. Probably the strangest crest you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It doesn't look right at all. Yeah. No. Horrendous looking thing. Iconic according to uh, Toppy. Yeah, it's a different game in Finland. But the day of the Rovers game, odds went from 23 to 20 to 6 to 10. Balls went from 14 to 1 to 13 to 2. So a massive drop in ours. That was some slash. Some slash. So obviously the money was getting lumped on. And uh, I'd say a lot. Of, I'd say a few quid lost. Because <laughs> the two all was a killer. And uh, so we dirty did lost 3 2 to Ritteroy. That was FK Trackoy before, wasn't it? Am I right? They used to be called yeah. FK Trackway and after extra time a couple of days earlier so they were bottom of the league in Lithuania when we won win in 16 games so uh, that was that was, that was <laughs> terrible that, that was a really bad loss a shock result yeah and then a big cheer went around the Malloys when balls were beaten on penalties but the funny thing was we were all when we heard they were beaten on penalties we were celebrating but then we conceded yeah. literally seconds later <laughs> literally yeah. seconds later yeah. we were like nah no, it couldn't be yeah. Tordic so missed the penalty did he crying his eyes out um so that was that was balls losing. We were getting the usual po- post mortem uh, because we were the only League of Ireland club to win a round. I know the Dock are still in it, but yeah. but it's kind of special circumstances, isn't it? The spe- single leg uh, format because like the Derry game had been two two, they take it back to the Brandywell. Yeah, probably would have taken them then. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I was saying to lads like, it's mad because you know when you play first leg, especially at home. They come over, the European teams that come over and you just, they're trying to sush out. Be cautious. And it's a bit cautious and they're like, you can actually, I think it's an advantage having a home time first that you could catch them on the hop, you know what I mean? Because I think they underestimate as well because they're like whatever, from Ireland and stuff like that, they kind of like, probably think they're underdogs. But like, it was interesting to see what way they'd set up and what way they'd go for it because one half tight, you just don't know. Because, but usually, <laughs> usually when it's the second leg, you go back out and they up it. Big kind, like from yeah. the first leg and everything. Intense. Like this is a different team, yeah. Don't like this in the first leg. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, this is what way we're going to approach this. But like, we 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 approach it the same every game, regardless. Obviously, we think a few things defensively when we don't have the ball or whatever. But we're interested to see what way they they went. And we watched a few of the games, and they did, I don't think they sat in the way they sat in against us. Yeah. What did you think of them as a team the, in general? The first twenty minutes, I and mean, we wasn't great. It was probably the worst we played in a long time. Mm. And Brad's was fuming, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was. And I was like, Jesus. Could be in trouble here, but then uh, 
and they scored which was a penalty which was never <laughs> the, the officials are the worst officials I've ever seen I know I don't like officials anyway yeah. but these were the worst officials I've ever seen and a man actually came up to Joey after he's like the ref goes to Joey he goes um, did I hit your hand yeah he goes Hit me straight in the grid, he goes. <laughs> in the grid. Uh, yeah. And he goes, I'm telling you, he goes, seriously? And he goes, yeah, hit me straight in the face. He goes, oh, shit. He's like, you won't be wrestling, you won't be league next week. Uh, no, right. I don't think but, so. Um, I have to report back to you, Ava. Yeah. No, I thought they were all right, but then, like, obviously they scored and they sat in and, like, found it hard. We've, obviously, the last few weeks we kind of found it hard, this team sitting in, we were, we were finding it hard to break down, but then... Yeah. Um, we obviously got a great call from Graham Burke, but um, t- I think once we scored, then I think it was what half an hour left in the half, or whatever was left in the half, twenty minutes, we, we were well well on top. And then the second half, then they kind of got on, got on top again. It was kind of even enough. And then uh, oh, this vintage Borgy, wasn't it? That yeah, we're only uh, talking about that's that. His, uh, that's, that's his, his spot, his, isn't it? Anywhere that. in the round, yeah. we were talking that's about it. this with the lads. I'm saying to him, "Will you stop dropping off? DVD? We want you up yeah. there on the end of the box to get a yard shoe." If he so. gets maybe thirty plus yards, he puts power, puts the laces into it, yeah. and it goes, yeah. and clips the the speaker phone and the set <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. stand. No, that's that's him. That's him. We yeah. were saying earlier on the stream, it looked like. It looked like he was near the touchline almost, and he just scored Top a scorcher from We're all jumping yards. around, giving yeah. it loads. And then I'm watching the highlights on Twitter like earlier. On the edge of the box, just yeah. passed it Absolutely in, a little curler. Yeah. But uh, yeah. just back on the penalty though, uh, obviously everyone was, was fuming ah, and the dugout. Couldn't be, I think the line yeah. man got a little bit of grief because he was closest to us. I had to check that the referee's surname wasn't McLaughlin. <laughs> McLaughlinovich and calling him. Yeah, and then should he get the back pass in the, in the game as well? wasn't even the back pass then. Was yeah, it not? No, but well, I was told. I, Did it take a nick? I, I couldn't really see from where I was. I was like, Les, it looks like a back pass. I watched it back about 10 yeah, times. Alan's not going to pick it up. Like, if Kevin yeah. Keeper, he kind of be whatever, I goes, he's not going to pick it up. Then I got a text saying, and he goes, that was never a back pass. That it hit someone. It must have. Foot. But then, um, yeah, so, and the lines man on our side, on the stand side, he was, he was awful. <laughs> Fairly gone. Yeah, a bit, a bit of abuse. So I was kind of saying, lads, lads, you need to relax, yeah. <laughs> he's getting, <laughs> he got he's off, getting the, the brunt of it. So we had the, the stream at this stage, Gar, it was clear that it was going to be a, a disaster. Yeah. No, it died at death. It really did. So we just made a collective and executive decision Great. to uh, take a little stroll. Great decision, lads. <laughs> Hashtag streamgate. Hashtag streamgate. Yeah. Was there a reason for it? Was it weather? Or I don't know. We still haven't got an explanation. Just there was a refund, though. Refund issue. Yeah. If I'm if I'm correct, there, am I? It was a, it was a reputable uh, streaming service. Yeah. They had done it on Dark Game, and they were excellent. Yeah. So, uh, I saw someone post that uh, when only five hundred viewers were in it, it was fine. Was but then when it reached to like seventeen hundred, it was that's when it right, started right, to drag. Right, right. It makes sense. It was, it was funny like you hear the people people there uh, saying like five past eight. You just see the players still warming up, but the second half, I think they're about thirteen minutes behind. <laughs> yeah, because we were like, like here. Actually, we yeah. didn't even see the Pico go. I was sitting there, I can't remember who it was, and they're like, "Yeah, Pico scored." And we were like, "Fuck off, you messing?" We're like, yeah, yeah. And then we were like, "No, it couldn't be." And then when it came through, everyone was like, "Yeah!" It was the weirdest celebration ever. I was, I was getting messages to the live stream. I was like, "I can't." I'm shouting too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'd wreck your heads. It's like everyone was stuck in the past. Yeah, like a time loop. But. Uh, also, no, the ones on the scoreboard were backwards. I think a few people pointed it out. It was quite strange. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ray Whedon is uh, getting that praise on Facebook yeah. already. So. Where's your praise, bro? Exactly, yeah. I know it's Robert Goggins did Ray one Ray Whedon, the, the media horror, what? I feel like my, I feel like my video of the penalties was a superior product. <laughs> I held the camera very steady. Good angle. They got the scoreboard in. 
And I think only 50 people joined Inger. Yeah. I was, I was disappointed. What? It's going to say, it's going to be a civil war here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was... Um, what, interestingly enough, is it probably went out of Europe in the last two years? No, just on the... The fine margins. Just on the stream. Uh, the club was quick to an issue, uh, an apology, obviously, and offer a refund. Just the right thing to do. Offer yeah, the refund. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, maybe we're going to need another one, so... Maybe give that one out for free. Mm. Um, yeah, so almost immediately after conceding the penalty, Green should have equalised from Finn's great cross, but the shot was saved from close range, and then McInef shot wide from resulting corner. Um, it was pretty much one-on-one, Green, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, it's a... That was like two minutes after the yeah, goal, we and then Berkey strike was like a minute later, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was, yeah. Did that clip the top of the bar, didn't it, and then bounced? Is that the one I was talking about? That was later on, I think, wasn't it? The Did he hit one off the top of the bar, I yeah. think? I thought it went over and I was watching it back it looked like it hit the top of the bar and it bounced over but we started to put the pressure on anyway but uh, I've noticed this now every time Berkey starts to grind my gears with his he, he takes a lot of shots in the game <laughs> and it's when we don't score like the last two we haven't scored then it becomes kind of noticeable and it's like you don't yeah. have to do this six or seven times a game and it's always <laughs> the very following week he scores a beauty from yeah, 30 yeah. yards. A ball of slab. Or and then I have to shut up then for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah he loves a shot for oh. didn't he? Yeah, but uh, that's that's a record equaling goal now. He's our joint top goal scorer in Europe alongside Liam Suey and Billy Dixon. How many goals? On four. And Pico's three. He's, he's yeah, Pico. He's closing in. Does he fancy himself Pico, up top, yeah? Jeez, yeah, what a death finish. Something I could not believe it. Yeah, well, actually, I could really at this stage. But I say ninety percent of people's goals are headers, aren't they? So that was a uh, yeah, yeah. That was a lovely, goal, lovely clever lovely flick. Yeah. European people, huh? In fairness to uh, Berkey, you think Roger said it in the team news today. It takes him a couple of games to get up to speed, and then once he does, he's flying. Perfect yeah. timing. Now I think it's going to yeah. be a, a bit of a a waterfall of goals now. Hopefully, because he missed, he missed a bit, a small bit preseason. You know, a few lads kind of missed. Missed a few weeks here and there, like on the way back with a few niggles, but like I think obviously more games we get under the belt, I think we'll get stronger with that, you know, because there is a few lads that have missed a few few weeks. Obviously, you probably wouldn't know, but like going into the game, you know, lads, some of the lads, name all lads' names now, but like they've missed a few weeks preseason. Very rusty. So, like, I think with the games under the belt, getting through it all right, I think they'll be flying now. But we spoke about the Boleslav goal there. You weren't with us at the time, but did you see Borky's goal against Milan yeah, Boleslav? Possibly. That was a throw in, was it? Across his body. Yeah. yeah possibly yeah, yeah. the best goal ever yeah, in Talent. That was a joke. Yeah. Unbelievable. And there was a lot of debate about our cutting edge the last two games. I'm sure nobody was panicking in the camp, but was there much said about it? About uh, teams pretty much camping in in banks of four and five and just setting up to defend? Pretty much coming looking for a point. Yeah, no, we looked. That's, I think. Gaffer's touched on as well, and that's the respect we've got. But I think the field teams have come and pressed us early, and then we've got out, you know, we've gone through that press, and we end up forcing them back the way we're set up. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit of both, our own side of things, and then that. But look, we need to respect that. That's what teams are going to do, and it's a challenge now for us to, to break them down and find ways of scoring goals in different different ways, you know. So it's a kind of a thing you need to, we kind of need to embrace a bit. I know the gaffer has touched on that as well, but it's it's all true. Like just the teams gonna sit in, and it's it's not gonna be easy. You know what I mean? To win games, obviously you look on paper and you think of certain teams that we should be winning, but it's not easy. And um, but it's a challenge for us to find different ways. And we're always touching on it in training what ways we can do different different do different scenarios and different situations to try and break teams down. 
So um, look at the challenge that we've got probably aren't that respect because teams know that if they come trying matches that it's, it could go bad for them. So they're looking at it, sitting in and trying catches on the break. But um, like I said, it's a challenge. I need to embrace it. And I think we will. We'll figure ways out yet to, to do that if teams do that, you know. But in saying that, we've a couple of League of Ireland players in the job with us and one of them played against... Uh, Rovers for shells, and he was saying that they were delighted with the point. Yeah. So that's force, force team to come and take a point off Rovers in a long, long time. So that's the type of mentality you're dealing with, isn't it? Well, I just think that's the easiest thing to do in football. You know, set up, <laughs> set up, bank of whatever. What would your forward, opinion forward, be yeah. of that? As no, it's great. It's great for shells. Obviously, they're obviously in a different situation to what sounds like. We we've we've ambitions to do stuff. Obviously, if they're happy with a point coming away, which probably probably really probably because. That's the way they want, but I think the easiest thing to do in football... Could be an important point for them at the end of the season. Them, yeah. And like, I think the easiest thing to do in football is set up <laughs> a team, back back two banks of four, two, and right come break us down. You know what? I think what we're trying to do is, is probably the hardest thing in football, trying to play through teams, ball in the deck, trying to figure out little pockets and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, But look, yeah. that's where they're at. So back to the game, I suppose deeper into the first half we got, I thought Jack Byrne and Berkey seemed like really fired up. Like they had... I think it was... Berkey forced to save from the free kick and then he had a penalty appeal shortly yeah. after that. Did you oh, think that was the penalty? Nah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I thought you were all there, but it wasn't. We were screaming for everything. Don't get me wrong, I was screaming all the time, but it wasn't. And then we had Jack forced the keeper into action again and uh, we were looking pretty dominant then towards the end of the first half. Looking yeah, we likely were. to score a second goal, do you think? After after uh, when we scored a goal, we were on top and we had a good few chances. I think Green had one who kind of came down fell to him went just over the defender's head kind of took a lovely touch but the keeper got went out well yeah. I'd say I agree I couldn't wait to score but I thought the keeper did very well to close down the angle and we had a few other scenarios that we could have could have went I don't think we wanted half time to come because we got on top big time because after after starting so so bad that uh, we didn't want half time to come so but uh, we finished half really well yeah. when we started like the when we started to get into our rhythm things started to get click <coughs> things started to click it's either an avalanche or it's a feast or a famine. We're either not going to do it or we're going to absolutely mm. destroy teams. Once we start clicking and getting into gear, the chances just roll out. They really do. Yeah. And that's something that we really want to start seeing again. And hopefully these defensive teams are going to start uh, backing down. But with uh, the Finns, they did threaten and had Joey to prevent the near certain goal from Yair at the fire post. And what a tackle. Yeah. These are just as good as goals for me. And this was a view. He was clearing through. He was clearing with his oh, left, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, Joey yeah, threw yeah. everything in front of it. Yeah, I was watching that earlier. It was a great last yeah. ditch tackle. Because your man would chop back, didn't he? Your yeah. man would chop back until he got the foot on it. Yeah, because it could have been in trouble if he didn't. It was a great tackle. And the rain was bucketing down at this stage as well, so that didn't help the style of play that we were trying to enforce on the game. Um, one, two, we on sixty-one minutes. Uh, Vitelli was teed up on the edge of the box. He placed it on his right foot of the corner. I thought it was a good goal. Yeah, it was. I thought, uh, strike, yeah. yeah, it was a good strike. A little bit blindsided. Uh, I think someone could have been in his way. So, uh, yeah, no, it was. It was Dave, a good strike. I think it could have been prevented from us. I think. I think. Well, I don't know. We think we got a bit of a mix up in the midfield, but it was a great. Too much speed. Yeah, yeah, it was a super strike. strike. I think he hit four times as well. Didn't I he? think like, yeah. poor, poor Al. Every goal in Europe's been an accident. Oh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> stop! Paper, hasn't it? You can go back even further. Del Piero. Oh, Jesus. For Juventus, but. Uh, I think they were starting to build a bit of confidence before that goal, weren't they? The first 15 minutes. Yeah, no, they started well in the second half. That's what I was saying. We didn't want for half time to come. But uh, the order were building a bit of momentum. We can't see it out a bit. But once they scored that goal, they stepped back to protect yeah. their lead. So well, then we again, had yeah. uh, Pico had a chance from a corner. Uh, Watts forced a save. So the toy started to open up then, didn't it? Yeah. 
we we talked to it beforehand that it was gonna be like could be like a real cup toy because it's only yeah. a single leg. One off, yeah. So we found ourselves in this do or die situation the last half an hour, <laughs> yeah, yeah. chasing an equalizer. And Brad was talking about this as well during the week. We'd seen this heart and determination before. Go back to Europe last summer, came from behind yeah. to beat Brand and Limassol. Did it in Derry recently, so it's becoming a trait of this team, isn't it? Yeah, no, it definitely is. You can't, uh, you can't question that the character. Like, but like, I think it's just did we knew this is it? You know, using European games, you're thinking like, right, just don't concede here, don't like keep it like this. We get over, or get over there, or get them home. It's totally different now. Like you said, it's like a cup final or a cup cup match, you know. But um, the character of the team is showing there with Pico coming up with the big the big goal, you know. Self belief really is there, isn't it? Yeah, I know, hundred percent. We just know if you if you keep trying to do the right thing that we're trying to do, that uh, teams might tune out or like like lose concentration and we need to punish them. Then you know the way, just the way we're playing. So yeah. But back to Lopez goal as well with Jack and the little shimmy as well. Does he, does he talk about the shimmy and does he talk Bally about box. the origins? The ballybox box shimmy, is that what it's called? <laughs> the ballybox shuffle. The ballybox shuffle. So we learned something new is today. there any origins to this as well? Because um, I don't know, has he been doing it since he's a kid? I don't know, it's it's something that it most wor- it, works for him. He's been doing it since he came here anyway. Well, he did, it, he did it for the penalties, so I might have to switch it up. I love when the kids are sending the videos doing the jack shuffle. The bally box shuffle. Yeah, the bally box shuffle, right, there so we go. So many assists in Europe, isn't he? Yeah. You go back to last summer, I think he was involved in the every goal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, it was a great ball, wasn't it? It was a great, great, great ball in. But some even the finish, though. Yeah, it, front touch it was the hardest. Because he was outside the goal, yeah. the goal was behind him as well. He was, yeah. he was past the front post, and he kind of had a little oh, death touch. Unbelievable! He must have been practicing those through lockdown. Finn was so. behind. I was like, it must be Finn. There's not a chance, yeah. What about the Jack Pico combination? Yeah. Did those two specifically work together a lot on this. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think. I think we have like set set ways of going, like different areas and stuff like that. Well, I think then when it kind of comes to like last minute desperation, I always tell people just get across the front. <laughs> As we fair, he got across the front. He got close to one in the first half as well. So you know if it's if the ball is not gonna be a great ball, you can make it good. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, it's not something to work like. Obviously, we work on it, but not just specifically Jack and Pico. It's not just great Jack, just Pico. You go over there with balls in from. Just have to work on the big nights, so. So we had the red card gear. Yeah, the scales are card. This was uh, this was a big debate now on our WhatsApp group and in general. I the first time I saw, it, I didn't think it was a, it was, but I think the second yellow was possibly deserved. I think he threw an elbow. Yeah, he put his hand across him so. I think uh, that type of thing is uh, you're giving the ref well, an option there aren't I was you fully expecting the sending off yeah, when you do that you're giving him a decision to make and unfortunately you had to make it but we did well with 10 mm. men last time we were in this situation can you remember Bowles last time well Cyprus I think was the last Cyprus, yeah. and yeah. Bowles Bowles as well remember we were down to 9 so it looked like it might happen for his second year in a row going out of Europe yeah, an extra time off. with a man disadvantage yeah. but and the boys are brilliant aren't they Brilliant the next time. Unbelievable. Once again, we dug deep, played yeah. the cup mm. final, and it was brilliant to watch. So, into extra time. And uh, this is when you and I, Greg, sit in the stands. We noticed some Hoops fans uh, perched <laughs> on the perimeter <laughs> wall up there. Honestly, I would have lo- loved to have seen the passengers on the Teleboy Pass. Because it would have been <laughs> some sight. <laughs> some sight. There was at least about 120 people. All scattered around trying to claw up. Now, considering we've been, a couple of them have been in Malloy's for a few a few hours, having a few creamy points, and you weren't seeing people trying to get up the wall, man. It was, it was unbelievable. It was so funny. People fall, and there was, there was casualties. There was a couple of uh, 
And my little brother, he's, he cracked his head open. <laughs> he went flying, and then people no trying to save that. him. Was he just left down there? He was, was there when he was casually <laughs> just, just kind of pushed him to the side. <laughs> yeah. So, right, there's a pile. He's the start of the pile. Uh, oh, it was mayhem. Yeah. It was mayhem, but it was the best It was the best mm. idea. Hopefully, there's no repercussions anyway. Apparently, it was a great line by uh, Shane Robinson on commentary. He goes, Crowd is getting larger to our right here, Con. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 it was it was great crack it really was and it was just Sounds, so, it was just a sport of moment thing yeah, it was like yeah, right yeah. stream is dead we're in extra time it's 10 minutes left fuck it let's go it was like one that was like greeting the, the players at the airport after Bill Grade one of those extinct, instinctive things yeah definitely yeah just on Robbo it sounds like Derek Pender did a lot more swearing on the ball stream than it did Robbo yeah he ever the professional yeah. out of Robbo but uh yeah, it was just surreal, like, because they, they lit a flare as well. So now you're just, you're watching a game yeah, in empty ground, and next thing, like, small the smoke bitch, just yeah. wafting across. Yeah, it was so bitch. surreal. But, uh, so he obviously had to sit in and give up possession yeah, for thought, extra time. I thought the boys were excellent. I didn't really think walk. they did, I don't, I wasn't impressed with the team. Yeah, no, yeah. They, like, they didn't create anything. They put the no. big, the big center half up front, and we were just, like, right to defend our box, get to try and get the crosses, try and stop crosses. If they're going to cross, they cross from deeper areas. So Pico was loving that. So He's like, like one on one all day, I'll take that. Magnet! He was clearing everything, like, but, uh, no, I thought they did it really well. Like, Dylan Watts came on, I think, just before, but it was a long time. It was like, was it any. Was it not? Was it not the that before? No, the Sunday. Eighty-eight minutes in. Eighty-eight. So it was the whole. So it was like it was like forty minutes early yeah. or whatever, twenty minutes. Mm. I was like, so I was saying, I was saying, it was relieved. So I was like, Jesus, it's coming a long time to penalties. I was like, it's more than half an hour here. The boys were excellent. Dug in, filled the gaps. Like had to, like obviously with the with the back three and the wing back. So we kind of had like a box, box like nearly a two and a two. Mm. So the boys had to do a serious run across the pitch once it was switched. Like, it's one of them. Whenever you run over, you have to turn back around and put the head down and run like 30 yards across the pitch. So the boys dug in really well. And I restricted them. I think that one header, the big lad up at the mm. centre half, that I thought was in from my angle, where he got up and headed it down. It was like, yeah. oh, oh, we can head it down. Yeah. I was like, I thought, oh, that's it. Um, I heard all the players beside me when that header went by. You all were like, yeah, yeah. head in your I hands. I thought it was in. I thought it was yeah. in. Yeah. I just went for the net the ball. Just went wide, didn't it? Yeah, just, just went, went wide, yeah. But um, the boys were excellent. They were you couldn't couldn't fall them at all, like, you know. But the other nervy moment was obviously that indirect free kick we talked about. Because what was that, like nine <sighs> or ten years? Right? What a photo that was. Like that was a yeah, great photo. Joey Everybody just Joey cleared off the line, didn't he? Uh, well, it was Joey, yeah. Was Joey some parents, yeah. Was Joey or Pico? No, I thought Joey myself now because he was just, I don't think anyone else was gonna clear that to be no, honest. I think he it was wasn't Joey, I think it was Joey, I remember. Joey was in beast mode. I was funny, like Jack, Jack, the runner had to line up in the, in the goal, and then Jack went like three yards behind the goal, ready to run out. I was like, you can't just stay out there, Jack. Like, and, like, like, and he's about three yards behind the goal, he goes, Jack, I'm going to have to on the pitch, man. He's not exactly uh, the biggest blocker, is he? Yeah, so he's he's like, about six down ring and wet. I was like, come on, Jack, get out there. Yeah, that was a scary situation. It was like, how? I don't know, officials are terrible. So the penalties, anyway, we moved on, it was the end of uh, extra time. And we survived the, the header and penalties into an empty stand. So tell empty, us empty a, south stand. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about if if you can about the process of picking penalties. Is it hands up job or is it right here? Um, you've worked on did you work on it beforehand? Yeah, no, I don't think we've worked on it this maybe that week or the week of the up, but just in general I think you'd like just going back to the final, like we would have all done it probably a week before and then the day before just pick our spot and go for it. Like I know some lads change our minds but Regardless, I always kind of did a thing. 
Where day before again, I was picking my spot in the front of the day. Really? Day before? Yeah, day before I had my spot and stuck to mm. it. But I think that's the process. Obviously, it's different on the day and you come up and then everyone takes the penalty. Everyone likes the whole squad will take the penalty kind of kind of thing. You go up and sometimes I'll be telling the keeper, like, tell Al, like, I'm going there, like, I want you to try and stop it. Oh, so, good like, stuff. A case where mm. If you hit the ball well enough, you don't want to stop with guys, you know where he's going, you know that way. So that was kind of always my process. I always tell the keeper where I'm going. I'm going up there. Like, so I remember Leon's in the goal. He's going there. He's like, yeah, good one. I goes, no. I'm, I'm going there. Like, try and stop it. You know what I mean? But then uh, even if you miss it on the, in the day in the pre, or in the, the day before, you just stick with it. But then I think it's, it's probably, probably down to fatigue as well. Who puts their hands up? Mm. And who feels tired? Who doesn't? You know, and would you appreciate like a player who's, who would genuinely put his hands up and say, listen, I'm not feeling this? Yeah, no, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. Like, yeah. It's different. It could be a different day and it could be you in that situation where you're not feeling it and it's the vice versa, you know? So that's fair enough. Once you have five lads that put their hands up and say, yeah, I'm ready to mm. go. Like, but, um, I think there was an intermediate <coughs> game on yesterday. There was Usher, Celtic, and Oliver Bond, and it was to get into the Aviva final. And not one of the goal scorers, a regular strikers, took a penalty yeah. in the shootout. So you can you can see it is it is a big thing to step up to. Yeah, but if you look at that, then I think with the defenders and stuff like that, I think they have, like especially North Formation, I think they would be the freshest. Yeah, the only one there, like. Going for a centre half, they're under a stand there and heading and kicking the ball. Yeah. But um, so I think they would be the freshest as a while attacker or midfielder might be a bit. Pico's penal as well. That was, somebody, that was the best penal. That's <laughs> all a whole lot, man. He's fresher. All he's doing is heading and kicking them. Uh, what no. about the in the cup final? And that was, I think all four were like drilled in the top corner. Yeah. Was yeah. that deliberately in no, sync or? I don't know. I don't think so. Just struck well struck on the day, well. wasn't it? I try and, well, my one, I try and try and put a kind of a bit high because like if it's in the middle of the one, it's kind of good high. Have you a technique? Because didn't we speak to Mark, Mark Kenny, Beach Boy, he used to play for Rovers in, in the 2000s, yeah. and he said that he takes his penalties like a free kick. Yeah. He said he'd approach them the same way he would with a free kick. That's the kind of probably way I've seen where the jack yeah. to it, like, you know. Now, mine is just head down over the best. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> well, nah, just, I, I know a certain way. I've, I've a little technique, all right, where I put the ball down and take certain, certain steps, because I was known as young, I used to take penalties. I always used to walk back too fast. It was the Orchard, wasn't it? You were Cherry yeah, Orchard? Yeah, the Orchard. I think it was with UCD in the early stages. I used to go on penalties. But I used to walk back too fast, so the run up was too long. <laughs> so I just had too much time to think about. So now I kind of like just put it down to like right, doing a certain, certain way. What do you think of the Bruno Fernandez, Jorginho type penalties? Ah, Fernandez is ridiculous, isn't it? How, how do you do that? I don't know. This, I don't this, it makes no sense. Yeah, like, the t- the wrote, timing has to be bang on. Tackle the ball. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But uh, yeah, so it was Finna that chose that AM Prof, wasn't it? Yeah. I was just thinking about it there. Would the would the giant skyline make a difference, or would the like because you look you could look it straight into the dark sky and you're probably thinking, oh, Jesus, probably sky it into that. Whereas maybe the the south stand could have an effect on your on your mind frame where you're looking at it going, mm. okay, well it's a little bit easier to keep the ball down there. I don't know. Is that something that you could think of? Maybe. I don't know. I was, I just I found it really weird. I was like, especially watching it, like, like I said there earlier. Like, <coughs> Silence, walking up, and it's like it look, looks really long of like a walk up. They always say don't run up to a penalty, don't they? Oh yeah, they yeah. I, I like, think we, um, I think the fans made a difference in the final as well with as regards to, to um, putting distracting the Dundalk players as yeah, well, and that yeah. something we didn't have yeah. this time around. But um, because the last year's final was played into our fans, yeah. But in two thousand ten, we lost on penalties played in the Sligo's yeah, end. Yeah. So it can be a factor. It could be a factor. 
But the two players are finished. Guest Duppy picked up last week. They went first. It was Lowry and Yair, and Lowry scored, and then Jack was the only player to miss on the night. His effort was pushed onto the post. So the one you'd put the mortgage on. He was a relieved man by the end he of the He was a relieved man, yeah. It was it was definitely relief in his face that you could see. So your ear missed right after Jack. He yeah, he sent Manus the wrong way beneath the post, course, yeah. yeah. And uh so because we were down to ten men, Ilva had to have one player sit out. Do you know that? that the way it was? I didn't know it was just the same. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, like even when I went back to it like the right eleven went, I thought I had to even be in sequence again. So I was yeah. like, so did I actually walking up and I was like yeah, we better not be after like fucking this up, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, better yeah. not have something wrong here, like, this better be right. Yeah. I was thinking that myself. I was just panicking, like, yeah. I didn't understand, I didn't, didn't, didn't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the rules myself. Oh, no, like, it could be after yeah. 11, it could be any any order, any anyone. Oh, go again, yeah, start go again. again, okay. No, now, like. <laughs> One of the journals up in the, up in the stands, he'd seen it all before, Paul Butner. So he was like 10 and them. No, he goes next and we go next and he yeah. just knew everything. Sam McDerry put up a picture of his handwritten notes took two pages to detail all those well, panels well versed in the panels yeah so we Joey Watts Gary O'Neill McInev Dino all converting and Dino very very cool for a young man C block we sponsored his jersey this year so it's going to be proudly put up in Prof's lair yeah. maybe even Dino might get a little trip down here <laughs> two days in the lair should be honoured <laughs> um, he was fortunate enough Lafferty and the ball spun off the keeper's legs this was a terrible panel <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I don't know, like it just crawled in. I was looking like going, "Wow, that is luck." Uh, the luck is in. I like, was nervous watching yeah. because obviously we're talking to Danny. He's like in the final. Fair fucks, he's like, I shake me tight. And I was like, I'm thinking of that one up. I goes, he's fucking breaking the hair in me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, please, Danny. And he goes, change, he goes like, I'll change your mind about five o'clock. Oh no, uh, God! But Finnair smashes into the top of the net as well. And two keepers stepped up, and uh, Al was never. I think if the keeper hadn't tried to save that, he would have lost an arm because <laughs> he just buried it. Here's my question: Have you ever seen Al take a penalty even in training? Yeah, happened. That's exactly why I did that. Yeah, it's like this is gonna be one. This is like a kick out, one step back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a fist pump after, like because he just stood there, cool as ice, boom. And you took a penalty there for your cup final as well, and uh, it oh, went. We went into that, yeah. We went into that. There was a great uh, photo really demonstrating the tension during this penalty shootout. You had all the players with their heads in their hands. Uh, I think maybe it was after Jack missed and then everyone in ecstasy. Uh, except for 20-year-old Dino, by the way. He just looked calm for some reason. I don't know how, but... Cool. <laughs> you just throw yeah. that? You know what that is? Yeah. just thinking about his own penalty. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, but you tweeted at the time that your nerves were shot. So uh, how intense was this watching? Uh, I, I don't know. It was probably the worst thing I've ever watched. And I'm like, I know, like I said, we're back to cup final. There was fans behind the goal, and I was kind of thinking you, you're kind of you're distracted. You're kind of on a little bubble, but with that, like just so silence in the ground. It just I don't know. There's like an anxiety there or something. And so like Lee Grace beside me, and he didn't watch one penalty. He didn't want to watch. Oh, he didn't in the final either. He didn't watch one and he's like, did he score? I was like, yeah, he watched the thing, man. <laughs> Stop asking me questions. I'm your own problems here. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a weird feeling. I was kind of talking to Finner. I goes, how bad was that? He goes, nah, 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 nah. Like, no, Finner, I don't escape. And he's just like, nah, that, that was easier. That was easier. I goes, yeah, do you think so? Then I was talking to Jack. He goes, well, obviously he's going to say it because he probably missed. But he goes, nah, that was 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone looks at it different, but. Yeah. Looking at that thing, and like we had, we had a disadvantage because they went first. We were always always had to score and stay in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, sixty oh. percent of the time the team goes first, wins the penalty. Shoot, yeah. There you go. The stats are against yeah. you already when you're yeah. going sick. 
Can you only imagine what they were going through on the dugout. Can't be good for the heart. <laughs> no, Jesus, no, not at all. We've been Dylan Watson, we Aaron McInef, a regular, regular penalty taker stepped up for the second time and they scored and Armac got lucky, didn't he? Keeper got a hand on that one. Jesus, yeah. he, got a, he got two hands. He nearly caught the thing. Yeah. I don't know how he went in, but we got lucky. One wet, if one went nice, yeah. two pennies could be stopped. Definitely, yeah, definitely agree. And uh, you always fancy Big Al to save one, and sure enough, he pushed the next spot kick away, and he got a proper <laughs> hand to it as well. Yes, it's a beast. Proper hand to it, really, really good save. But that's the thing about having Big Al there, you know he's going to save one. Yeah. You know he's going to come up with the goods. He was, he was snapping after <laughs> the game. He's like, we're like, well, no, he goes, 11 penalties. Yeah, <laughs> he's even mad. giving him. He was going mad. I mean, I was buzzing. He was buzzing, but then he's just like, fucking, nah, 11 penalties. Because he was snapping and saying more, like, throwing away. It's just, it's the mm. figure of the guy, isn't it? Yeah. Win the penalty mm. shootout and he's giving out, he's, he let in 11. He's probably not happy about being the record books. <laughs> Only goalkeeper to concede 11 penalties. Way, isn't it? In the European uh, club match. That's, that's the record, isn't that? that yeah, uh, yeah. That's a record altogether, isn't it? So then, 10.46pm on the clock, still gone, somehow, <laughs> the 26th penalty of the night, and Joey O'Brien's second, €260,000 at stake. Ah, and at this stage, up. we were all clinging onto the wall at this stage, and I thought to myself, Joey, it's done. <laughs> Stick a fork in it. We're going through. Fancy Joey. Ah, big time. Big still time. nervous records. Like, please, Joey, please. <laughs> oh, I fancy them. Identical penalty to his first one as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. sells balls of steel. Ah, oh, he's just a different different gravy altogether, isn't he? What a man. What a man. But Jason Maloney says he has gone from being the player who walked up at the Aviva to the chorus of Why is Joey taking a penalty to the second round of <laughs> penalty kicks last night? So don't worry, Joey has got it. Yeah. So uh, we were all very, very confident. That's a hundred percent record now. Scored for West Ham in the Europa League and three for us now. All very the, important penalties, yeah. Yeah. Probably the most chaotic celebrations you're ever going to see in an empty ground. <laughs> it was it was actually, like, considering it was just 20, 30 people, it was yeah. actually wild. Yeah, it was mad. It was, it was mad. great. Because they all ran down to the corner and then they seen all the fans, all the lads up there, so they all spinned it up the other end. That was mad, yeah. At what stage did you notice the fans on the wall? I think I was one of the first ones when I, when I, that, uh, the lads that were with me. Like, I was like, who the bodies are? Because go on the lads. But uh, it's funny, you guys are lying, yeah. it was a big, it was a big factor. That 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 uh, like obviously the fans love hearing that type of thing. So it is, it's great to hear that the, the players actually do appreciate it. So the players ran straight over to them as well, far into the ground, and um, so we Joey, and he did a great interview with Carl after the game, and uh, so we're gonna air that. Joey, one of the craziest nights ever at Tata Stadium. Sum up your feelings after that. Yeah, yeah, you said it. You know, strange, mad night. You know, and. Uh, Thankfully, it fell for us tonight, you know, and we come out into the next round. It was, uh, look, at, I suppose a lot of things in the game went against us. The penal decision, the sending off, the pass back, stuff like this, you know, and I just thought as a team, we just showed unbelievable character, you know, really, to stick it out. I think to take that penal decision, really, and then bounce back how we did. We had, like, played some really good stuff in the first half, I thought. Created loads of chances. Got, back, got going again. Second half, maybe a little bit flat, but even then, going 2-1 down, Pico coming up again with another huge goal made it 2-2 I suppose then going down to 10 men had to take it had to take a bit of the pump you know from them and obviously gave up possession but defended really well I thought can't really remember many two chances really that I'll have to save or anything like that when we are down to 10 men so um, I suppose when you get the extra time obviously I was just hoping to get the penalties you know and uh, yeah as you said that just took a 
life of its own then. Sadly, the fans couldn't be inside the ground tonight, but they're outside singing in forest. They're waiting for you. They're going to give you a good reception, I'd say. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Obviously, I was just saying there, like, obviously, we heard them during the game as well, during the extra time. Like, you know, you could hear them out there. It's obviously so quiet in here that uh, only a few can make so much noise, you know, and it was really appreciated by the lads, like, definitely. You stepped up as Viva. We won the FAI Cup for the first time in 32 years. You stepped up twice tonight. What was going through your head when you stepped up for the clincher? Well, to be honest, the first one, I was like, obviously, I knew I was going to go second panel and um, scored it but then when it gets to seven or eight you're like probably thinking yeah, I'm going to have to stretch the legs off again here you know this could be coming back around and obviously the way it came around um, sort of fancied all the same I think and he obviously got that one and then I suppose luckily for me I was the sort of man to be able to go up and um, to score the panel you know to be down to 10 men for all of extra time the team obviously showed a lot of heart tonight oh 100% listen it's never, never in doubt in this football club I have to say like you know um, been a lot of setbacks and certain aspects and things you know but this football club for me and the lads in that dressing room huge huge characters you know and uh, um, I think we've seen it probably again going back to the cup final I suppose the, the equaliser that these cards so late on in the day you know um, I think that really stood to, uh, stood to us and um, as you said there I thought, that's what I said I thought the next time managed it really well they didn't really have too many chances and um, obviously then you're getting the penalty shootout it just goes crazy Europe obviously means a lot to this club every season, especially financially, and you can see how much it meant to everyone right at the end there. 100%. Listen, the lads are well aware of it in the dressing room, you know. Um, obviously, it's been really tough for all industries, you know. Obviously, and us as a club, um, I'm sure the finances are down, and even here tonight, you know, not being able to fill it out, like, you know, and uh, it's just hopefully a few quid into the club and they're able to do stuff for it, you know. So, that was Joey speaking to the property, came out with some great lines in a couple of newspapers as well. He said... Um, I said, I said to the lads who's going to be a hero so Brian said about the shootout this is what you dream of this is where you play football out in the back garden scoring a winner scoring a penalty in the cup final so um, on the penalty he said the supposed handball he said it nearly cost me one of my veneers I <laughs> <laughs> thought I would have gone back to dentist for another few quid <laughs> yeah out Joey huh? We thought it was only going to be Conor Foley because he lost a tooth that night yeah we were only trying to climb the wall <laughs> Not a tooth left in this Rovers. What was James Lowe saying? He just he noticed that he was missing his tooth, and then he just threw it on the ground or something. No, like, yeah, no. Ah, he goes, he picked it out, and he goes, "Not losing a tooth." I <laughs> said, "No, join the club." <laughs> We're all going over to Turkey. We're all going over. Hope, hopefully, we get uh, we got Galatasaray <laughs> away. So Joey nearly joined uh, Barry Bear in the waiting room with the dentist, mm. hitting the mush, right in the mush. Right in, the, right in the grid, as he'd say. Right in the grid, that's a new one, <laughs> yeah. Right in the grid. In the face! In the face! No! So uh, it means more when you're doing it for your own, that's how I feel about it. I have a lot of family and friends who are Shamrock Grover supporters. The club means a lot to me, and I didn't come back here for a holiday camp. I'm here to play and hopefully improve the football club. So Once again, Joey gets it. Yeah, he knows what the crack is. Somebody on Facebook, Greg, after the Shelburne game, he announced that Joey O'Brien is in fact finished as a footballer and he compared him to Frankenstein. <laughs> Side note, I hate when people don't realise that it's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein is a scientist name. You would know about yeah. all these morbid it's like, things. It's like yeah. when people say they're going to hoover the house. That The hoover is the brand. <laughs> ah, no, come on, yeah. Think about it though. Have, what, are we, what are you going to say? I'm going to vacuum the house. Yeah. You're fuck That's off. what it is. <laughs> do vacuum the house, do you? <laughs> But uh, yeah, Joey said that he loved their uh, Anti Niemi Talksport clip. 
Have you heard that yeah, famous yeah, one? Yeah, the group after the game. He said he loved that last week and it inspired him. So one more time, just for you, Joey. Yep. I just don't know why for at least three seasons he's been ignoring Anthony. Anthony? Aye, I don't know why he doesn't get a game. <laughs> for Scotland? Aye. He's from Finland. He's what? He's Finnish, isn't he? He's not finished. He's only 28. No, not finished. He's from Finland. What do you mean? That's where he, he, his nationality is f- Finnish. He's from Finland. He's not Scottish? No. Oh, I thought he was Scottish. Once again, D12, a hotbed of talent, Crumlin. You can just feel it in the air, can't you? Hey, Did you feel inspired when you started to go into Crumlin, Dublin 12? <laughs> yeah. I think the, the leg is better <laughs> this day. I'm going to walk it's out. It's got healing qualities as well. <laughs> Him and Pigo are trimming it alumni. That's it. So it was Bowles' first European game as well in eight years, and their fans couldn't go. Delighted. Devastated. And they, uh, they were going to bring thousands, apparently. So their their great leader, the Deloy Lambert, he said <laughs> that they were going to bring a thousand plus to Lithuania, and you couldn't write the stuff, lads. Um, they lost our penalties after going ahead, and we lost after being behind. So. Oh, we won't have to be. Oh, we won't have been behind, yeah. So, um. so we had Conor O'Sullivan on Twitter. Another, another cracker from him. He said Rovers brought more fans to a wall than Bowles brought to Belarus. Yeah, that's it. And as we cycled Garrett, that obviously wasn't you up in that wall, alongside a certain uh, internet super fan. No, I wouldn't be doing that. I was busy uh, media duties in Malaya's <laughs> doing interviews and stuff. The lads still getting the sludge out of their shoes. Ah, the sludge. What? <laughs> getting on it. it was like fucking swamp thing. So you're, you're looking at it and you're like, what is this? And at one stage, like three or four, it was all went flying. And I'm talking, it was like sliding down Clarelin, Clarelara. And you're going down this sludgy <laughs> torn style. And we're all just like, flicking it off each other, going, what is this? It was fell. It was all up on that ticket boot. Sounded pretty good. On the ticket boot, yeah. Oh, it was it was gas like I've seen of uh, same private Ryan, everybody just pulling each other going, Come on <laughs> It was really funny though. Well worth it, huh? Ah yeah, definitely. And um And obviously everyone's seen that iconic photo of uh, the fans standing up from the from the, behind them. From behind, yeah. That was really good actually, yeah. Yeah. And we Donald Fallon as well. Could we say friend of the podcast at this stage? Donald Fallon's a great guy anyway. He does a podcast called Three Castles Burning. And uh, really do check that out because it's fantastic. It's all about Dublin. It's all about Ireland in the old days. And it's just the style <coughs> of it. Everything is everything about it. It's fantastic. It's number one on the list for me at the minute. And he even put it up on Instagram. And he said it captures the mad times we're living through. So a uh, big shout out to mm-hmm. Donald Fallon and Three Castles Burning. I think a lot of people love that photo. I have a mate in Manchester. He's from Dublin, but no interest in League of Ireland. Supports Liverpool. I bombarded him with voice notes after that game, just saying how amazing it was. And he was so inspired by the picture he made his, his background <laughs> on the phone. So that sort of thing just transcends all Yeah, no, it really fans, was. It just it? It, the picture speaks a thousand words and yeah. it's just it really summed up the night that was in it. But we had some great quotes from Robert's fans we saw and we won't name names, but the match was good enough, but seeing everyone again was fucking quality. Imagine someone telling us at the start of the season that we would have one of our best European memories on top of a ticket box outside <laughs> the ground in the middle of a global pandemic. Like It just doesn't make sense. Uh, most surreal pen shoe ever. Live at a game, technically nerve shot to pieces. Couldn't see a fucking thing. Still fucking <laughs> loved it. Players were buzzing coming to see us out. Players loved the fact that we waited outside. Every single one of us was smiling and singing with us so I heard Jack joined in a bit 
Yeah, Jack was straight. In. Straight. In. <laughs> and there was one or two of the players, or I wonder who the fans were like, Lee, don't touch him! <laughs> don't touch him! <laughs> I swear to God, and everyone's like, Joe, what are you touching him for? I was driving it. We were driving out the gate, and uh, the cars drove up past. I don't know if they came back. Obviously, you didn't know, but they drove up, and obviously they looked at all the fans outside. You know, outside where the players come. Yeah. Back. And then they turned around to come back, and I was like, Ah, here they go, and they're gonna come and ruin it. Like, yeah. And I don't know yeah. if they did they even come in or anything because they kind of slowed down and it was just <laughs> like staring at you. But um, I don't think they did that after the day. It was a pitch invasion without any actual pitch invasion. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, in fairness, the security were all top notch and bang on. They said, Lads, you're okay where you are. Do not come in. Yeah. <laughs> As we were, the only way we were going in is if we were falling, and there's a few of them. <laughs> you rang me from outside, and all I could hear was just singing for two minutes. And I, just, I just stood there and I listened to the singing because ah, it was, was great. Brilliant. It really was. It was a game to remember because another quote actually, a game to remember because mostly I jumped up in the ticket box full of sludge, close fit for the bin, but saw it live, live football at its best. It was a good call from the whack McCurns. He said, "Fucking brilliant." Uh, you'd want to see the face on the UEFA Observer. Classic. <laughs> but he says we're outside the ground, so no problem. And uh, so, Greg, you've been around a long time. You've played a lot of games. Was that one of the craziest matches you've ever seen? Yeah, I know it was. It was mad. The penalty shoot. Had it all, didn't it? Had everything. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like you said, it was like a bit surreal. Like it was just... Is this happening? Like, is this this penalty shoot or just keep going and going? Just, What's going to happen? Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, this is it. We have it here, and then we have it here. And then it's just keep, keep carrying on. But um, especially circumstances like the referee brutal. Uh, <laughs> You've said that before. The officials were brutal. Um, like we got the game. He gave us nothing really in the game. We kind of like came from behind. Obviously, went down to a penalty with lower penalty. Got back on level terms, and then went went behind again. Came back again. Then I had to go see out whatever it was, 35, 30, 40 minutes with 10 men. And then obviously the penalty shoot, it was crazy. Like So, yeah, we kind of had a bit of everything. Summed it up there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit, though. Yeah. So our old pals RTE, they showed four hours of Club GAA on Saturday, but not even a mention... <laughs> Club GAA, like... Not even a mention of robbers on Friday's 6 o'clock news after the most bonkers game in probably League of Ireland history. Uh, even Sky Sports Austria picked up on our penalties. Yeah. They showed that. It's a big, it's a big thing, isn't it? They're they're not RT. RT just wouldn't even call it. Nuts. Obviously, nobody could sleep after that game, Gary. I think I finally got to bed at about 4 a.m. <laughs> I just, just kept thinking about the game. There's no chance of sleeping. Ah, uh, I'm not going to talk about my night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fit for air. I think, thankfully, a lot of people booked days off work just in case we could. We got an away draw and the restrictions were relaxed. Obviously, so the thing is, a lot of people had the book already. Yeah, yeah we were yeah, supposed yeah. to be away. Yeah. So a lot of people had block books during yeah. the days off. So it was happening anyway. But apparently, the players spoke in the dressing room the importance of going through in Europe financially for the club. It's massive, especially for the year of COVID that's in it, Greg. So was that a, a factor? Yeah, in, no, in, it was. It was a big factor because obviously, you no, know, the money means a lot for the club going forward, especially in the times that we we're in. So. Obviously, there's obviously a little bonus for the players as well. Like so, it's like a case where like whatever motivates us, lads. You know, yeah. So that was know. the that that joy was just yeah. all financial. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need to get up for the game, whatever you need motivation for your family. Just tell them they know where the they know where the bar your kids is. Or, your, or, or the money. Yeah. <laughs> Robert's secretary wants a phone line into the dugout. So tell me what you think about that. Oh, is that? Not here about that. The Dundalk situation. The, yeah, yeah. They, they wanted a phone line. 
in the dugout. Yeah, Could you imagine? Yeah, I heard more stuff as well. Yeah, the red, the red bull flashing. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hewlett's on the phone there. He wants to. He wanted a Braveheart charge. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. When we, I think when we went three two, when we went three two up, he wanted all their players to the like cold war, like whatever the cold war would be, and then they all just charge. Ah, give over. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that was a brilliant article, Dan oh, McDonald. It was under yeah. so much shit. I read half, and actually, I didn't read it all. Actually. Oh my god. He wanted Gary Rogers to take corners. Gary Rogers to take corners because he's got the cleanest strike of a ball. Or the Garden to take throwing because he teaches basketball. basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant! It was comedy. But uh, you said it earlier, Greg. It's it's a record penalty shootout in for European club game. Funny that the record was Drogheda against IK Start oh, yeah. in the 2006 UEFA Cup, and Bradzer had played in that game <laughs> and he scored a penalty. And Graham Gartland stepped up twice and missed. Missed twice. Yeah, so Drogheda lost. How's I remember head? that. How's your head? Yeah. So I didn't actually realise that was the record. Yeah, so our Irish team had the record before that. So another boost for the old coefficient. Crucial if we win the league and we're seeded in the Champions League next year. So you could be looking at eight European games at worst. So it's the new um, filter. Filter all. What, what would you call it? It's just a tour of European competition now, but it's a big, mm. big financial boost for all clubs. Involved and eight European games, Prof. Imagine that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you, make, you don't think you'd make it to the eight game, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Credit Union would be happy to save me. <laughs> you could just keep losing and you just keep dropping yeah. into more and more competitions and you still get eight games. But uh, I think once you get into that Europa Conference, I think you just need to win one round mm. and then you're in the group stages. Right, right. So right. you could have a group stage. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. It's a big boost, a big boost, I so Brazzer has equaled Michael O'Neill's all-time record of three European ties won as manager. That's it, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Brazzer actually gave me a little uh, stats assignment. Oh, you're getting yeah. homework off the gaffer. He reckoned that we had scored far more goals than other League of Ireland clubs since he's been manager. So I looked into it and he was, he was spot on. Because in 11 games since 2017... So I'm not going to count the Raps one. Just, just in, in Europe? Now. Just in Europe, yeah. 2017 to 2020 inclusive. We've scored 14 goals in 11 games. Jeez, that's pretty good. Yeah, and Dundalk have only scored 7 in 13. And Cork have only scored 8 in 10. Right, right. So that's we're well ahead of them. Yeah. yeah. That's good going, though. I'm still. You're going to get the homework up Brads every week. Hope it doesn't become a regular thing, but... But Greg, you were there, there were a couple of sticky times in uh, the 2018 season and where it looked like from the outside anyway, Brazzer might have been under a bit of pressure at a couple of stages, you had like derby defeats and there was a, a goalkeeper situation, so. Fan protests. Yeah, well, we know who, who from, enough is enough. <laughs> but uh, were you and the players ever worried that Brazzer might not get the opportunity to finish the job that he started back then? Um, Maybe it's maybe a small bit, yeah, because you, you just want to perform on the pitch. But then I think, like, one or few lads, even including myself, like, I don't even think, I think I probably lost the balls once before I came to Rovers, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, yeah. I probably didn't even realise how big this is as well, you know what I mean? Um, from, my, from my own point of view, I just, obviously the derby, and it's the biggest one in the country and stuff, but like you kind of probably don't realise till you come to the club itself and how big it actually is. Yeah, and I think that might have had an effect on, on the players and stuff, and then kind of like that, like, geez, we need to win this, like, for the fans, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know. But then, um, 
and it's kind of probably thinking there's a few new lads into the team as well that probably wasn't at Rovers and it was kind of all a new new thing um, to them and to us to me as well but um, no, I just don't think I just don't know if look hand on heart to be honest I just don't think our squad was good enough at the time like you know yeah, yeah we he's had still moulding it though at the yeah, time no, though you know that's it and he was building and building and building and he kind of probably knew like maybe the keeper situation we started the year maybe with knowing Alan probably want to come in halfway through the year and that probably like you know didn't probably help us as well like the fact that we didn't start so well there was mistakes keepers there was mistakes the defenders there was it was kind of just, I was, I don't know, I was a bit naive or, you know, looking at it. And people, we could be good, good for 80 minutes in games and, like, make two mad mistakes and stuff. And it was just like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? Kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, but I just, I, I don't know, I just don't think the squad was, was good enough going in. And I was kind of, myself going in a bit, thinking, like, don't know here, like, you know, like, you know, a, bit, yeah. a bit worried. And that's not being whatever arrogant or anything like that but just, just knowing just spade spade isn't it knowing the players of other teams and stuff and I was kind of just thinking might be a bit short here you know actually. but it was a building process and the gap I was kind of always said that and I wanted to come in and help that you know so maybe the expectation of the fans is like we should win the league and stuff but I kind of half knew that right it might be this year but like if we stick at it and get a few more players in and play the way the gap and once we'll, we'll get there like and look we're still on that course now to get, get, get that league title and stuff Still, they are all in front of us, and we've put ourselves in a position where we have a chance, have a good chance, you know. While probably that year, we were always kind of fighting an uphill battle. But again, that's down to the gaffer bringing in the right players, <coughs> getting the players in. I think every player since he came in, Bar Pico was it, is like when he came in first, all gone, you know. So yeah. for building and I think just Berkey, probably, I think it, just in that year, I just felt myself that knowing the players in the other teams and the looking at other squads that we're going to be a bit short and we just needed to stick at it you know and obviously players are going to come in and the squad is going to get better so it was kind of a case where like fans obviously go mad obviously and understandably because results weren't happening so it was just like you need to kind of stick with us here and thank god he did you know and look at us now like we're flying so with so the balls yeah, run as well, with the horrible yeah, balls run, run yeah. I just couldn't beat them. What do you reckon turned it around? It was a one nil win, wasn't it? At home, that turned the tide. It was a Berkey goal. Berkey goal and Berkey clear one off the line as well, didn't he? Yeah, I just well, in fact myself, we just need to just to win one of the games and then the, the hood will be gone. Yeah, and it's just like just get that one win, regardless of a hook or be crook, just get the win, regardless of what we had to do. Because you know, that every game is to be different to a normal game, but. At home, it's kind of probably my approach a bit different or away a bit different, but just get that win and that hood will be gone. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of one of them things, and look, we, we got it and we haven't looked back since, have we? No, but a win on Saturday as well. We put us in a really strong position with eight games to go. So, what have they? Uh, obviously, the game is on Cork today, um, but has there been any thoughts on the no, game? No, no, no talk. Obviously, my player will be nowhere playing both Saturday, and that's, that's it really. Just but look, can't just look at the one game, yeah. When Cork game's gone tomorrow or whatever, yeah, they will be looking. But you know, Cork to deal with first. You want to, like I said, attack that cup. Yeah. And then obviously it's on the boys then, and we're in. We're in a few days doing videos <laughs> and stuff as well as training this week. So all all that eyes on boys then after tonight, you know. But um, we, the staff or any of that wouldn't be talking that we're playing boys. The players, we might say, yeah, I'll be both Saturday, get like Cork now on Monday and yeah. both Saturday with the staff run. Wouldn't, 100% on Cork. We wouldn't be looking past Cork, you know. Another staff here, we're on 498 goals scored at Tata Stadium since we moved in, 2009. So, Greg, if we get that 500, 
Want to see you hop that barrier? <laughs> crutches and all, light flare. Remember that stuff. Yeah, that's it. Two, another two goals, so another brace in there from Borgie. Hopefully, will get us over the line. And a personal note for you: Would you like to finish your career at the club? And is it like a family now? It's me, yeah. Uh, no, look at him. Obviously, look at the situation I'm in now with an injury and stuff. Whatever, I'm 30, I'm 32, I think, next week. Why do you even say that? <laughs> but uh, 32 next week. But look, look, I know the way football works, you know. Coming to that age, you're probably only getting one year contracts. I've broken leg here at the, at the minute, so I'm just, the case where I'm thinking like that, if I can get back, which I will, which I've been told I will, and which I will get back to 100%, 100%, like, that's half a, the battle that mentality though, yeah, isn't it? No, I will, 100%. But the big fact for me is getting back fit, getting healthy, put myself in a position to say, look, brother, I'm I'm fit, I'm ready to go, and whatever, you know what you're getting, and then it's up to him, you know. Obviously, there could be lads coming back from England, there could be, you just don't know what where things are going, he could have his eyes on other players and stuff, but I know once I get 100% fit, the gaffer knows what he's going to get from me, yeah. so I think I'm in a good position that way, but um, I'm not foolish, I know the way football works as well, so the main thing for me, I mean, I'm not looking too far about staying in the club, doing this, whatever, I just want to get back fit, obviously, yeah, 100% I want to be here for the next two, three years because I think I have a lot left in me. And mm. um, Like I said, I've been lucky enough with injuries. Obviously, I haven't done <coughs> the role here, but as in terms of uh, stats and training and stuff like that, and all, like, I've, I've been right there with all the lads, you know what I mean? So it's not like, a, yeah, I was never fast anyway, so I can't be <laughs> But, you know, that kind of way. So that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Get myself fit and then worry about that then, you know? So no plans for one last swan song with the uh, Rex Reduce? <laughs> I don't know. Back to the roots. <laughs> no, probably not. No. Um, no, look, I'm just. I, I always kind of had the mentality that I wanted to always play. If I wasn't good enough to get in squads, say the last few years, kind of had the mentality that I wasn't good enough to get in the squads in the, at the top challenge, and that I think I'd, I'd leave it at that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't think I'd be feeling I'm going traveling the country in the first division or fighting relegation. That's not something whatever, but I just feel I've. Been, I've been lucky enough to be at teams that I've been challenging for most of them, most of my career that um, I don't think I'll be travelling the country for 400 mm. euro going here and this giving up time that I'll probably could spend with my family or missus or girlfriend or whatever Yeah. so I kind of think that if I can't get into if I'm not good enough come the time where I can't get into a team squad that is tra- travelling or challenging for for mm. for something or Europe or whatever I don't know if I'll be, if I'll be staying on but I don't want to talk about that, lads. I've three good years in the There you go, there. that's <laughs> it, that's it. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's the way I come at, you know. You're actually at Wexford in the pre League of Ireland. Yeah, I was at when I won the League of Ireland team, yeah. so I would have played. Was like, Mick Wallace manager? Yeah, he was the manager. He's the wine bar there? The wine bar. He brought, <laughs> you, you bring us to Italy and everything out there. Really? Yeah, yeah. He had his son, at the time he had his son building his house out there. But they had a big vineyard and stuff. It was just in Italy. In Italy, just outside uh, Turin, like yeah. Really. Yeah. So he bring he used to bring all these under sixteen. Torino fan, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Torino and Juventus, yeah. But uh, he, so say under like the sixteen teams, during the county teams, he bring always bring them away. So if you made, you know, if you made the under sixteen team, like down in Wexford, like I'm going to Italy for a trip, <laughs> and you play a few teams, like you know. But yeah, two or three big vineyards out there. I don't know if that's still there now, I think he's a bit trouble, is he? But yeah, maybe but, so, uh, yeah. yeah. We went down with his son, was building his house out there, so... Jesus, yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. good stuff. Mick Wallace stats and everything. So <laughs> you, won, you won the 4th Division title of UCD, 2009 alongside Finner, Paul Curry and Mid-Field, you've been there. You've been there since 2007, so tell us what a 19-year-old Finn was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, the studious type. Yeah, nah, no, you know, brilliant. Yeah, he was excellent that year when we won the first division. He kind of carried us, to be honest. Um, I think he was a bit a step ahead of the lads coming through. And he obviously was a small bit older, probably only a year or a bit older, but he had played games in the first team that year or the year before um, with Pete Mann and stuff. So he was always kind of a step ahead and he was like, he was our captain. And he was he was just a bit better than all, like, not a bit better, he was better than all of us. Set standard, did yeah, he? Yeah, don't act in a way. And, he was kind of carried us to that first division, really, because he came up with so many goals. I'm not sure if any goals score now, but just you know, driving from midfield still has even now he still has that energy that he has. It's mad, like to think he still has still going like with that energy, that intensity, like off the ball the way he presses and stuff. But uh, Finn, yeah, no, he was similar, similar enough. I don't think he's changed really. And um, it's funny, like it's mad. We kind of went full circle, so we're at UCA together, and then. Now we've come back and we're at Rovers together. And you're at Sporting Fingal for about yeah. five minutes. Oh, I was there for uh, was three weeks. Two <laughs> weeks. Is that what it was? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Highest wages I've ever got. Them two, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. No, it was two weeks. No, it Mr. Gannon. Yeah, them two weeks. But it was mad, yeah. Mad situation now. That was my. They all broke off, didn't we? Then after that, all that, them players. That was my Aussie name, First Nation, wasn't it? So what? Sporting Fingal. What did, um, what did you study when you were in New City? I won in New City. No? No, I just played UCD. I would have done um, an FEI Falls course for two years. Oh, yeah, who was your coach at that? Martin Russell was the coach. Martin Russell, yeah. He was the coach at UCD as well. So, but was a story there, like Pete Mann was like, obviously coming, only coming to UCD, coming to scholarships. Yeah. So, like, obviously, I think there was like seven of us, and there was like three of us didn't didn't have enough whatever points to do with a certain subject or a certain course. So, it's like, Pete Mann was like, right, lads, there's a PLC course there. Get to do that for a year <laughs> and then straight into the course, no problem. We're like, Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So we signed the forms, all that. Then uh, I think it was like a week later, I came back to us, like, Lads, there's no PLC course. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't been a PLC course in UCD for like whatever five or six years previous to it. So he, like, he honestly just wants us to sign, like, so we ended up, we ended up going, But having another course here for me, <laughs> there's something else coming so, it, yeah. was, it was back putting yeah. bricks and but, uh, doing, doing bricks. Well, you, got, you got some stuff out of the, the force course as well, like, you got like a fully, fully qualified gym instructor and you got um, all VTAC onto you or leaving certain stuff like that at the time like so at least you got something out. and then you, you're in playing football every every day as well like with Matt Russell he was a great coach obviously with UCD as well so I think we were getting a few Bob I was, I was telling the force that I was travelling from Wexford even though I was living in Dublin so I was getting I was getting a good few extra balls you sure you want to hear that one <laughs> That I who else was in there? Who else was in the course? Anyone familiar? Uh, Jay O'Shea was in it. Jay O'Shea. Jay O'Shea was there. Um, who else? I think Derek Fawn was in it. Yeah, Derek Fawn was in it. There's a few other lads that I can think now. There's a keeper as well, I think, that played in the league for a while. But, uh, yes, it's many years ago now. We did a, a podcast quiz a couple of years ago, and the team was like a UCD graduates, so it was Ronan Finn versus Paul Curry, <laughs> and two of them were, were rubbish. And uh, one of my favourite ever posts... Uh, in, in reply to the podcast was uh, by Anton Matthews and he goes Paul Curry must have slept at a bus shelter at UCD there's no way he went to study there <laughs> <laughs> the janitor uh, you can afford blindingly white runners anyway but <laughs> but uh, we usually do a sort of a uh, who's the best player you've ever played with question more so for players who have retired but uh, how about a little bit of a variation here this is something that Alan Cody does and the Collie's call on his podcast. Actually, actually yeah. like the show. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's good. He gets players to pick a uh, five aside. Oh, so give us a five aside of players you played with. Yeah. Uh, First one in your mind. You've one came straight into your mind. Had to. That I've played with. Mm. 
Um, right, I want to say the keeper, obviously. The keeper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The big Al, yeah. Obviously. Big Al, yeah. Um, Cover half the pitch. You're yeah, going to score on him there, eh? The man's a joke, like, yeah. <laughs> even in, like, even in training, like, if you shoot, if you score a goal in training now, it's a good goal. You're celebrating, like, eh? Good goal, like, because... Like the lads we sent, like you and Graham Murphy, how's he stopping that? How's yeah, he stopping yeah. That? <laughs> I was like, like how's he stopping that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you score on Al, it's a good goal. No, Al, 100%, everything. And even coming back now from like probably being here the first time with Michael O'Neill, he probably didn't have to play out as much with his feet and stuff. Right. So he's probably had to change his talking. I think that was a challenge then for Al. So uh, I think he like knew like he'd have to change up a bit of his way he played, like, you know. So I think Al found that as a challenge and geez, he's talked about like it's up to war, you know. so. So yeah, so Al, Alan Manis, um, centre back. You can get away with anyone really in football, can't you? I want to say, obviously because probably my mate as well a bit, but I want to say Kenny Brown. Kenny Brown? Yeah. We I'm had just, Flinner and ours. I think he's, like, like, he's a bit underestimated and went under the radar. Like, I think anyone that played with him would tell you how good of a centre back he was. Like, I've heard this a few times. Yeah, he uh, like, had it all. He could have, even when he was at Patsy, he could have gone to... Aberdeen and other t- clubs, and even when he was younger, Walford, he was with Ipswich, with uh, Ipswich or Roy Keane, and he was there, brought him away in a, a training camp and stuff. But um, whatever, for whatever reason, it didn't go anyway. But regardless of that, yeah, Kenny Brown and midfielder dream, like he get the ball into you. It's like similar, you know, like with Lee and stuff, Lee Grace, he's, you know, get the ball into you, p- pass it into the midfield, and Kenny, I think, was one of the best at doing that for when I was playing. I could put the lads in here now as well, like the current, current players at uh, Rovers, but. But no, I go Adam Manis, Kenny Brown, midfielders. Yourself has to be in, not to slot yourself. I'll not put myself in. I'll put I, I have a prediction for who's going to pick her. I'll tell you from right I after. have one as well. Right. Um, I want to say Keith Fatty. There it is. Oh, Fats. That's another one. Was on, he was on our five side. And do you ever notice the way he can spin a ball? Yeah, like he zings that and it spins back. And it spins back. He's kicking it like. What? Like normal, is up with that? It's back, a spin yeah. back. I'm looking at it going, that's not real. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's fake. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Like it's nuts. So that's we're doing well here. Keith we, fat, yeah. We I hadn't really came back. Um, first year of Patrick came back. Yeah, he was he was very very good. Like and he felt like I'm with him well as well. And um, always wanted to came back. Like, I know some people come back from England a bit. But um, obviously had a bit of reputation. Like obviously top player and stuff and yeah. he's done well. And some lads look at lads coming back and are like a bit jealous or. A bit like, uh, I'm the main man at this club and he's coming back to my club. But Put I, the head uh, down, did he? Yeah, I don't know if but no, I was like, I was the oh, opposite. Yeah, yeah. I was always, I, I wanted to learn off him. I was this man that I'm playing, playing for, I don't know how many years. Playing one of cup over there and stuff, so I was always willing to learn and I kind of got on well. But um, top player, jeez, because they went with the ball. Like you said, putting backspin on balls, that, I don't know how he, how he even does it. But, um, but uh, top pro as well, I was looked after himself. I know he had a few injuries, but he'd be in doing stuff that... You don't even see being come down now like teams been doing now. You know back then, so yeah. But uh, and a great lad as well, great player. Um, geez, right, who's next? Um, so you're not picking yourself, then? No, no, I'm not in that. <laughs> uh, I'd say I'd say Jack Bond. Jack had to I'd be Jack, my yeah. prediction. I'd say Jack. I've heard a good few good midfielders and similar, but I'd say I'd he lights it up on a five side. Yeah, that'd be his bread and butter. Nah, he doesn't train well at all. Um, <laughs> he just keeps it for the Friday night. I <laughs> know ah, he does. Um, no, Jack's just. I've, I've probably the nearest thing I've seen to him was probably like Wes Hulahan watching him when I was a bit younger. Like, but yeah. just low centre gravity. Like, I love training against him because I know that 
when I go out training against him, like I run around and try and boot the life out, but not not hurt him, but just like get tight to him because I'm getting tested so much that come the Friday night, there's not going to be a player like it. Yeah, right? so that's a good show. I always, I always be like, right, that I'm running after you today, and he be laughing. Don't, don't hurt me, like, don't. <laughs> but I was, I won't, I won't, I won't. But like I just, because you know when you're when you're training with him, that you're, you're like you're playing against such a good player or that. Come the Friday night, there's not going to be another player you want to play against that, yeah. that can do that, so it's a good test. But no, nah, the man can do anything to just know all about yourselves. Uh, Who's your goal scorer? Goal scorer, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sean McGuire. Sean McGuire, I was only speaking about him and his inclusion in the in the squad. I thought uh, he should have. I could, sorry, I could say Christy Fagan here as well. I thought you might have said Fagan um, actually. Oh, you put two, man. How many do I have? I'm stick a sixth one in. Nah, no, five. No, I'm going to say Shawnee. Um, I thought Christy Fagan, to be fair, was. Was excellent, his movement. You could see what like, you know, some players at certain clubs when they were younger, you'd think, like, how was he at that club? Or how was yeah. he at you know, he, you know, why he was at there's a reason why he was there, you know, like because he's so clever, his movement and stuff, dipping down the sides, um, like going away to come back. He went off the radar totally, yeah. He got a bad injury, didn't he? I think he just got he got still young, he'd be young, yeah, he'd be, he'd be young, 30, he'd be 30, yeah. Definitely. I think he just got comfortable at Pats, you know, he was supposed to go to Chesterfield there at one stage. And then Buckle gave him, Liam Buckley gave him a good deal and mm. three year deal, and obviously he was only having a kid at the time and he was looking for a house or something. So he, he was ha- happy to take the contract, which is fair enough, it's his own decision, whatever. But I think he just got comfortable there, and then obviously, you know, seeing the way Pats went, then it's just. I don't think he's playing at all. No, he, he? Not then even he got a bad injury, it? didn't ah, he? Ah, right. He, he broke his telephone or something, something ridiculous, something mad. But uh, no, anyway, that was crazy top player, but Sean, Sean McGuire, yeah, just for, for them two years at Cork, obviously the first year. You seen him and he was good. Obviously coming on the back of a few disappointing years with like whatever not playing certain teams and stuff. But then the, the year after he just hit the Lethal, gym, hit the gym mm-hmm. just unplayable like and we our core team were, was carried by him really. Like we could be absolutely terrible in games for eighty minutes and then he'd just he'd win us a game. That's how we won the league. But um pretty good in the air as well as yeah, no, underrated. He, he has a spring and he's, he's solid but he's you can see the second year he just went to a different level. I've seen training and we run after me, like, yeah, I can handle him whatever. But, but then the second year I was like different player. Boom, gone. You know, and that's he's kind of down to his all his work in the gym and he he really bought into it and he went to I think he went to a different level and you see why he banged in the goals, he was just on play at times. Scored again there in pre season yesterday. Yeah, he called up again, only called yeah. up. Only. Well deserved as well. Yeah. I thought you should have made it instead of Odell. Um, we love him because he prevented the Dundalk uh, four in a row. Yeah, that's Most important that. thing, really. Yeah. So, the five aside is Manus, Kenny Brown, Keith Patty, Jack Bourne, and Shawnee McGuire. So, uh, that'll take some beating. Probably. That could change now in a few years. It could change, <laughs> yeah. Our five aside is coming up soon, so we might need a player. <laughs> Don't think Greg will make that, though. He was a, we had fats in it already. He, he was spinning balls all over the road still. We yeah. Pajo Pajo won it for us last year, so we are the retaining champs. And um well so we'll talk a bit about Europe now. We also don't know the European draw as we sit here with Greg on a Monday Thank morning. So it's in mi- ten minutes. 10 minutes yeah. So AC Milan, Spurs, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell were all in there, but our opponents have been narrowed down to AC Milan. Fehervar and the Hungarians who knocked out Bowes or Zalgiris Vilnius from Lithuania. So, uh, San Siro, what's your fancy, Greg? What's your trip to San Siro? <laughs> and look, it'd be nice and all to. Look, you look at it both ways, yeah, it'd be nice to play AC Milan. Um, but then, in the San Siro, but then there's no fans. So, I just think it's a signal for all the fans here that they could It's not really a glamour tie, though. No, no, and the only player that have that you want to play against is Slatan. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? The rest are not like top, top. Yeah, they are top. Do you know what I mean? But, but they're AC, not super AC fan. Milan. Yeah. 
And uh, uh, but like we we need to look at it, like we need right <coughs> some lads are like oh, okay AC Milan are like nah we want the other two teams have a better chance getting through the rounds more money for the club better chance for us going further. Um, but like I said maybe yeah get, get another get another big team in the, in the next next round or anything. But if you want the team that you have more chance of getting through. And I think yeah. I think personally that if you play that South Irish team. We'd, we'd fancy ourselves. Obviously, the Hungarian team are not bad either, and boys did, did okay against them, but you'd want to take one of them too, and maybe a home draw. Like, you know, obviously, th- this, this st- <laughs> stigma of, like, oh, we get a good draw, like, over the years, like, oh, get these, get these, get clamped. No, we want to get through the toys, we want to win the toys, get through, get more money for the club, more money for the players, um, better chance of progressing, you know, and a bit, like, better in our coefficient and stuff. So like, I was like, talking to someone like yesterday, like, oh, AC Milan, I was like, nah, we don't want AC Milan, but then I'm kind of happy, you know, I don't want to play, get AC Milan, because I can't play. <laughs> no, but on the general terms, you want to get the draw, you want to get the easiest draw you can to give yourself the better chance for me, and I can get two of the teams, any of the two teams at home, playing that Salgiers team, playing there with Pats, playing, it was, like, it was, it's our national stadium, it's an Astro, like, it's not a big stadium or anything, but they play there, like, England only played there, I think, a while ago, but... I don't think Astros should be able to play Astro yeah, at that no, level. I agree, I agree. But the, the Astro is actually it's actually a good Astro. That was years ago, so it could be could, might might be out there or whatever the Astro might might need to be done again. But yeah, no, I think Zalgiris or the Hungarian team better chance of going through. Like I said, more 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 money for the club uh, going forward. Better chance of progressing. That's what you want. And like I said, that stigma. Getting this big team, yeah, it's lovely, but it's great for the club money wise if there was fans and you could go no and drop. Yeah. It's no point now. And like I said, it's only slack down that you want to play against. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Boom. This yeah. conversation will be obsolete in about seven minutes. Yeah. I'm not sure we'll hear it anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, this could get messy, these qualifiers, because Hungary's been ruled out now as, as, a, as a neutral venue. Has it, yeah? Yeah, as one of those green hubs or whatever they're called. Okay, okay. You can see some qualifiers starting to get called off and stuff. Yeah. Unless mm. Greece is an option. Well, there has to be somewhere where you can both agree. Both clubs have to mm. agree, and then you go and travel to that venue, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, something like that. No? It was but mad how could be a downfall as well. It was mad how, as we got closer to the Ilves tie, there was talking about it not taking place at all mm. because they took us off their green list, and like it's very confusing. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But that's the way that they're doing the seeding, isn't it? About like the green hole, but where they can go and where teams can travel. That's how they're doing it, isn't it? It's not yeah, yeah. actual the way it is every other year, you know. Yeah, so that is it for today, Greg. You've been an absolute gentleman. Fair Very generous with your time. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Coming down, no with with the boot on. So I'm going to walk over here now. <laughs> <laughs> Safe home and yeah. uh, listen. Good luck with the injury season. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks Greg. So we're back and Greg has left us. He's uh, hobbled into the car. It's some feet driving with that big boot on. Yeah, I didn't and think he was going to drive. Oh, well, I know. Fair play to him. So that was in fact nearly thirty-six hours ago, Gar. Because we're recording this show in over two different days. Yeah. It's only out the door and we drew Milan. Milan. I have uh, AC Milan at home in Tallis Stadium. And um, there's so much to talk about as regards to this. Zlatan and Tala. Zlatan and Tala. Uh, Possibly. Chances are he won't travel, but we, we can dream. Signed the new contract yesterday. So we're mm. hoping. We're hoping he wants to come and play. Um, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Mm. And the climate that we, we drew them in, it's unfortunate really, but listen, it's... It is a bit of a missed opportunity. We get no trip to the San Siro, we get no marketing opportunities. But at the end of the day, like it's Milan. Still, the yeah. positives still outweigh the negatives. No matter what sort of 
snidey remarks you might hear on certain podcasts this week. We're playing AC Milan and no one else's. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a love-in on that particular podcast you're on about, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just in from Peter Murphy. It says, it has to be the Aviva. <sighs> Fucking Aviva. <laughs> like, why? why? We haven't, we've never done it. Never. Only when we made a few quid out of Liverpool, that was it. Yeah. But that was easy money, man. Easy money. Mm. I don't even count that. No. It was just some neutral game that does no interest in me. Yeah, so but, we're not uh, going to be getting any Italian TV rights. Now, tell me why this is the case, because I wasn't reading up on it. It's just because of the, the one-legged nature. That's that's in the way for rules. The away team get the rights, the TV rights. So only money we can make is if we said it's a, an Irish broadcast. Right, right. What if we came to an agreement with AC Milan where they sell the rights and just give us the money? Well, apparently we did come to some sort of agreement with Ilves. That's where we got worldwide rights, except for Finland. Whether that can happen with Milan, God knows, but... Maybe we should probably mm. rethink our insults here. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good stat from Joey, actually. Joey O'Brien with the stats. Yeah, he says he's one for one with Zlatan. He's faced him once in his career and he holds a victory over him. Oh, yes. When do you think this was? Ooh, hold on. So we're going to talk Bolton, West Ham, Ireland, Sweden, maybe? Yep. Uh, the Gaffers, first job, first game in charge, 2006. The Gaffer? Yeah. Ireland won 3 0. And, uh, and Zlatan Joey, was in Joey's pocket. Joey kept him out that day. Yeah? Mm, still there, head popping out. So we've been so, deprived of a trip to PSG in Milan in the space of two months. It's crazy. Jesus, I even forgot about PSG. This is working yeah. out, isn't it? The other kind of negative is like, this is probably the last year we're going to be able to draw such a big club at this stage. Because oh, the, the new format. The way the format's shaping up is going to change all that. But uh, you'd like to think the club will somehow come up with an initiative to make a bit of money all the same you know like collector's items or maybe a drive-in cinema in our car park girl. yeah that's not a bad idea or we could have cardboard cutouts things like that we're all mm-hmm. that, like that's pretty cool shout out to Kane Hopkins as well he spotted this one he said when when Milan posted that we got uh, they got robbers in the draw their tweet got 5,000 likes okay. when we tweeted we got 22,000 likes uh-huh. I think that's since gone up to 25 with it. So we're playing the second most famous club in the world to be founded in 1899. Uh, Atlanta Car is famous to get them scored us in 1975. Park, wasn't it? Yeah, the the John Minnick missed penalty. Still gets taunted about it. Yeah. And we've got a few battles with teams in black and red coming up there. In the next uh, week or so, we've got Bowes Longford and Milan. Bowes Longford for the Rovers, Rovers 2. Yeah. Well, I have to try and get into that one. I think it'll be ball boy for that one. There's a few people I have to air some grievances with. We all long for the one after hashtag program gate. Yeah, the hashtag program gate. So, yeah, Rochi. Uh, Rochi on Sky Sports. A uh, quick, brief interview with him and just talking about the toy in general. So, uh, a good week. A good week uh, yeah. for, for publicity. And the draw itself is pretty good. I mean, come on, think about it. We're going to be playing AC Milan in a competitive game. So, Spotlight's, Spotlight's really honest. Mm. I mean, everyone's talking about it, aren't they? It is. It's really exciting. And I was only looking at the Milan squad. And they're, they're obviously shadows of themselves from years ago. But Zlatan is the big name. But other than that, there's is it fair to say there's no household names? No, I think that is fair. I mean, 
There, there's some quiet, half-serious talk of a potential upset on the cards. Their season doesn't start until the 19th, so might catch them on the hop that way. I know it's, it's, it's fanciful thinking, but you never know. Like yeah. Mal- Maldini's getting on a bit, so Marshall can exploit that right side. <laughs> yeah. We can test Dida and Gaul, as long as we keep Nzagi quite up front. And we some battle with Gattuso in the middle. Yeah. Can you tell I have more Serie A in about 15 years? <laughs> Cafu, what a, yeah. th- what a team they had. Couple of other interviews though. Sean Condren on BBC News spoke really well. Fair yeah. play to the lad. Tifty's patron. Yeah. Um, it's quite random though, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. I don't know how it developed. I think they messaged him on Twitter. I think yeah. that's how a lot of things are done now. Just like the fancy being interviewed. And uh, and then there was a not so good interview, Gary. You heard this one today, didn't you? The Sligo player. Yeah, that pissed me off. Because um, it was just it, it was him. He played against us what once or twice, and he just decided to absolutely lash on the bullshit, lash on the bullshit. What was we he saying about our We fans? spat at them. We threw rocks at them. We slapped them. We attacked them. We're rough. We're from a rough area. Um, he just went on and on. You know, it was just him. Like it was. It was like his fifteen minutes of fame, where he just decided to absolutely exaggerate every single experience with Rowers fans purely because of the situation. That we were in and drama land. That's all it was. That's all it was. And he seems to think that our bitter rivals are Sligo. Shamrock Rovers' bitter rivals were Sligo. Isn't That's that, what he said. Isn't that absolutely hilarious how only Sligo think that we are their biggest rivals? But once again, it was him lashing it on and saying, Look at me, I've played against these Rovers. Oh, I've played in the big derby. No, you haven't. He played for an irrever- irrelevant fucking Western club. And we're not rivals. Simple. Unbelievable, man. If you were really, poll, really poor, really, really poor piece. If you were to poll Rowers fans on how much they actually care about Sligo Rowers, how, ma- how many would say yeah? Aside yeah. from the trip to the showgrounds where it's nice to rub it in when you get a win there. Yeah. Like, how often do we actually think about them? I think, what else? What, what would you call that, Prof? Gutter journalism. Mm-hmm. Gutter journalism. So, um... Yeah, the winner of Rovers Milan will play Bodo Glimt or Norway or Zalgiris of Vilnius of Lithuania at home in the third qualifying round. So there's a bit of an incentive there, Prof. Well, I suppose you could look at that and say, imagine we had got one of the other two teams in the second round. To get Milan. And then, yeah, and then this, and then you're looking at potentially the playoff round. Long way to go, but... Mm. Now, I mean, on paper, our, our journey ends here. But uh, yeah, what might have been? Yeah, well, listen, it's it's not ninety minutes. Football's crazy. You never know what could happen. So Dundalk as well. They're off to Andorra and then Moldova away if they get through that one. Like that's the dream draw. Yeah, they the are getting a nice draw. a nice pathway. Interclub was the name of the club from Andorra. I think they're going to play in Greece possibly. Mm, I think but is it Sheriff from Moldova? A po- a couple, yeah, sounds, guy, yeah. But just on the dock, we only scratched the service earlier. With with Greg yeah. talking about the owner because this fella is in his late seventies and he's only new to the sport. So we talked <laughs> we talked about some of the madness already, but just I'll add in a few more. He wanted to boycott the FAI Cup final because of Shield suspension. Right, can we just say that all this is true, right? This is real life. What Carl's about to say. He wanted to remember that Celtic friendly they tried to play. Yeah. He wanted to play the nineteens. In that first game back from the break against Pats, in order to send the first team over to Scotland, 
and play that friendly with Celtic. Sacrifice the league game. For a glamour friendly. Yeah. He wanted to sign an injury prone American winger. Oh sorry, excuse me. He did sign an injury prone American winger. Based on the back of an interview he gave in ESPN magazine. He just called him up and said, You sound like you need a break, pal. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh man. Unbelievable. The knock is just his plaything. It's nuts. And the secretary resigned. John Gill left. Uh, Reynolds did Reynolds? Do yeah. No, no, no. Oh, he's. I think he just may have. It may have left. Um, they've their last mm. board. Their last Irish board member picked up and left as well. Yeah. But I think he remains in the COO position. Mister uh, Giovagnoli. He says he won't tolerate interference in his team selection. What do you think? I doubt that. I think he's their pawn. I think he is going to be. Um, the only reason he is in there is because he will let them pick and choose. Do you know what I mean? That's even more crazy. Yeah, I think that's it. That's my theory on it anyway. That's my tinfoil hat moment of the week. As I think that he's there so they can just pretty much do what they want. And he will he was brought in on the basis that he says, OK, listen, you have to listen to us. And he'll go, yeah. Now listen, if it results in Gary Rogers taking corners, I'm all for it. So <laughs> I want to see that. That's insane, man. Yeah. So what? It just doesn't make any sense. Good, uh, or sorry, interesting point by Dan McDonald in that in that piece he did in the Indo, and it's kind of something I never actually thought about. And that is, how frustrating must it be for Dundalk Dundalk fans that they can't actually complain at games during all this? Think about that. Like anytime Rovers have had a shit manager, or a shit chairman, or a shit board. We've always been able to vocal vocalize our opinions. Mm. I think Ray Tracy, uh, God rest him now, because he he had only won a league, I think, the year and year and a half beforehand, was literally chased out of the club. Mm. I mean, the fans have the power to do that. Dundalk have to sit at home on Oriel Web. That's all they can do. And give out. That's it. Keyboard warrior their way up the up the charts. That's yeah. it. It's a crazy situation. So we move on and we're going to talk about our 2-1 win in Cork and uh, did I predict 2-1? I did predict 2-1. Did you? I, think yeah, I, said I didn't get the goals right though. I said 2-0. Yeah. And in Tala, so the second round of the FAI Cup was on Monday and the drive for 25 has officially begun. Brads have made five changes with Lafferty, Grace, Marshall, Watson, Williams in for Farouja, Scales, Finn, McAniff and Green so a bit of rotation is well needed as well and some rest because the lads did seem a little bit fatigued. We did expect the squad to be freshened up. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did expect that. And it's good because it didn't weaken the team as well which is a good thing. We Farouja and Scales, they were away with the Ireland underage 21s in this toy and the Bowes game were both nearly called off because we were potentially missing five players on international duty including Jack Bourne if he hadn't been Selected so, um, yeah, it would have been those three plus Brando and Dean Williams for the 21s. So, we were well within our rights to call off, and we put in the the application to have it called off. And we just beat Bows to it. Bows were gonna do the same thing because oh, they, yeah. they had two players called up, but then an agreement was reached to uh, yeah, allow the game to go ahead. Plus, Jack didn't actually get called up, yeah. But um, that's that's Dean Williams' second league player for the club. He started in Waterford early in the year, and uh, he played quite well in this game. I thought. Yeah, he I, had, I thought he was excellent. He had a couple of good chances. He's still actually not uh, broken his duck for the the first team. 
So uh, I was kind of hoping to get a goal. Ah, it's coming, isn't it? Even the B team, I don't, I don't think he scored, does he? Correct me if I'm wrong there. Possibly more. But uh, so Aaron Green dropping to the bench means that only three players now have started every game so far this season. And that's Manus Lopez and Jack Byrne. Right. We had Max Murphy on the bench. Some people were kind of interested in seeing him playing, but he, he didn't come off. And uh, it was a strange kick-off time, wasn't it? 5.45. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? And being there, it was like... Obviously, it's, it was low-key anyway, because nobody in the ground. But aside from that, even, it felt low-key. Because it was a Monday uh, midweek game, earlier kickoff, and there seemed to be much fanfare around the book. I was trying to think the last time we kicked off that early on a weekday. Just can't remember. I don't, possibly was, the Europa League and yeah. Spurs, Kazan. They were around 6 o'clock. They were 6. There was definitely, yeah. I think this Kazan one was a 6 o'clock job. There was one, there was a league game that season as well, where we played at 3 o'clock in a bank holiday Monday at Oriel Park. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, I think there have been the odd League Cup games now, so, but I'm talking about like, you know, any meaningful game. Yeah, so uh, onto the game itself and chances. Um, I thought we played well in the first half. I thought we st- we started really well on the front foot, and we had a couple of chances. Danny Lafferty on thirty eight minutes, prof. Um, we were starting to turn a screw really, and it was a nice shot. Borky wasn't it? Borky on the left foot. Yeah, but before that, I loved this pass from Watts. Were you watching the clip? Yeah. Very positive, meaningful ball forward to get Berkey into space where he wants to line up a shot. Mm-hmm. And then he hit a vicious Everett, uh, keeper saved, and then Lafferty on the follow up. Did very well to follow it up. Yeah. And um, it's still a it's still a tough enough thing to do. It's finished from that range. I mean, you're running at pace and you still have mm-hmm. to bury it. So excellent stuff from Lafferty. Absolutely delighted with that. We finally got to see his goal, his celebration gif on Twitter because this, this, that's his first goal for the club. So he was flexing the guns. It was flexing the guns, and we'd. Um, Do you remember Sean Boyd waiting about a year and a half to see his goal celebration? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I sent it to him with a tunnel after because I was like, geez, I thought I'd never see it. Yeah. And then he sent it to Blair. Did you hear what he just said? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, finally got the interview done as well because I was, I was waiting for a reason to talk to him, you know what I mean? But uh, sure, he's already club legends. Remember in, in the Abo after the cup win? Oh, he, he, he went and bought cornflakes. He went and bought the cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah, so that is Dan on 38. And then coming up to half time, wasn't really much up until then. Mm. And then we'll move on to the second half. Second half, Prof. Um, what, what, not, what, what can we say about the second half? I mean, we had a lot of possession. I think we had eight shots on target, seven off target. Oh, we had enough chances to win three games. Yeah. It's just, uh, we're not. Is it fair to say, is it fair to say below par? Considering the standard that we set before the break, it's because we've set our standard so high, and we're not playing the same way we were before the break. Maybe maybe it's unfair to say we're below par, but we're I, still I thought, doing the, we're still doing the business. I thought the first half against Harps, the past game, and this game were all similar levels of performance. Yeah. Derry really wasn't good until there is until another gear. Alive, That's then. what we're saying, yeah. though, isn't it? There's yeah. definitely another gear. And obviously the Shells game were very poor, but, but uh, this was a very good goal in fairness by Marcy. Yeah. He likes a goal against us, doesn't he? Am I thinking of the right guy here? He may have scored a couple already, I'm not, not stats in the book. Yeah, Cork ever could have counted themselves 
they obviously had some pride to salvage from that 6-0 in February, didn't they? Yeah, they're nowhere near the team that was there that got hammered 6-0. And I have to mention the Cork goalkeeper Liam Bosson. Is that it? Yeah, Bosson, yeah. Bosson. He defied the laws of human biology. <laughs> and he grew a full beard at halftime. I was wondering what the crack was. I was thinking, what is going on here? Either that or he was replaced by Mark McNulty. But uh, the commentator didn't notice. <laughs> he just kept saying McNulty. And he said Ricardo Lopez. And Wait. he said Kyle Lafferty. Kyle, now that was a big mistake. Kyle Lafferty, Ricardo Lopez. Like, come on. Just do some sort of research. This has happened three of our times in the soccer public. They've been saying Ricardo Lopez. It just has nobody corrected him or what? I think I, I, think I prefer Ricardo. <laughs> Sounds like a Latin singer. Yeah, so Lafferty again, we're going to talk about the goal. And this was really well worked yeah. for me. Great work by C Block. Really done well to hold it up, knock it off. And then Jack with his little uh, perfect pass once again. First time pass, no one expected it. And then Lafferty with his left foot into the bottom corner. So lovely goal. Yeah, this was a lovely move. Lovely, lovely great, move. Great, very good strike as well. It was, it was even better when I watched the back. It was arrowed into the corner, yeah. you could say. And um, that was our 500 goal at Tata Stadium. 500 goal in Tata yeah. Stadium. We only talked about it with Greg. He didn't even move, Gar. No. I was sitting behind him. I looked down. And he didn't even like celebrate around him. He wasn't looking around to embrace you going, Prof! I thought he'd have a sign or something saying <laughs> 500. But uh, I've been digging into some little nuggets, scare about these 500 goals. I've got possibly a graphic going up later in the week. Okay. So I want you to test me. Oh, so any question you might have about 500, 500 goals at Tata Stadium. What was the 256th one? Already, I've failed. <laughs> it's more so like the the most. Who's the most this, most that. Right, who's the top scorer? Obviously Twig. Gary Twig, 46. 46 goals. And who... Right, you tell me then. <laughs> Our biggest victims are Dundalk. Right. 48. 48 goals against Dundalk in Tata Stadium. Yeah. Fastest goal, Dean Kelly. 90 seconds. Right. Uh, what else? Oldest player to score. McPhail. He was second, actually. Ooh. You, you wouldn't guess this, I'd say. Keith Fighty. Never scored. Who? Colin Hawkins. Colin Hawkins, B-team. 35. No, Cliftonville in the Cl- Santander Cup. Cliftonville. No, I'd never have gotten that. Youngest is Brando in the Lancer Senior Cup. But Aaron Bolger was very close. They were both 17. Yeah, Bradzer has the most goals. As in, under him. More, oh yeah, he's more the manager who scored the most. More than Michael Neal, yeah. Uh, five hat-tricks. See if you can get them. You know, you know, two of them are Berkey, obviously. Berkey 2, Twig. Mm-hmm. Galway at home. Wasn't it? No, it was Galway away. Galway away. Dundalk at home was Dundalk his. Dundalk at home. Ooh. Um... James Chambers? No. Got a couple of braces, alright. Oh, this is interesting. Quigley? No. Never got a hat-trick? How dare you mention him? I thought you might... I thought there's this one shite bag in there, is there? Quigley and Zaya would be nowhere near this guy. Is there a shite bag in there? No. Go on, tell me. Who's it? Who's it? We've got uh, Danny North against Drogheda. I don't think I would have got that. No. And we've got Brandon Mille against Bluebell. Ah, Brandon, yeah. He was 4-2, wasn't he? Yeah. And I like this one. We've have we have forty nine different opponents in these five hundred goals. So Milan will actually be the fiftieth club. Ah, cool. The honour of being the fiftieth club to play in Tada. 
And um, yeah, so that's some highlights of it. So that'll be up later in the week, probably. Right, so performances, bro. Who impressed you? Our subs. We'll talk about our subs for us. It was great to see the, the type of subs we can make, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look at who came on. You had uh, Greener, Finner, McAniff. It was really strong, really strong bench. Imagine being the opposing team and seeing that. I know, Greener came on the left, am I right? I think he was Seems to be the preferred position from now. Keeps out wide, yeah. When he comes on. But, um, yeah, Finner came on for his 299th appearance for the club, so potentially 300 against balls for him. I fancy first goal scorer, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even start talking about balls, but I'm thinking about it already. Yeah. He let Pico keep the armband when he came on, which was a bit strange. Did he? Yeah. What should you do in that situation, do you think? I think he should go back to the original captain. No, I think he's captain for the day. Keep him. Let him, let him keep it. And Finner, like, for, well, it would have been a bit of an egotistical thing for Finner to come on and say, give me that. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I think he's right, yeah. It was a good show from Finner. Common sense. Because think about it, like, you're captain for the day. Oh, just because I come on, I have to take it off you, and now I'm the boss. Good show from Finner. Common sense. Uh, Brando also came on. That's actually only his second... First team appearance of the whole season. Yeah, he's been busting it in the fourth division. Now he's getting he's minutes. A, That's the thing, though. He came on as sub in Waterford in the in the before times. The before as times. we call them here. So performances. Yeah, is it safe to say Lafferty has earned his place? Very uh, possibly. On Saturday? Very possibly. Yeah. Because we need someone to shackle Twardick. Yeah. But Twardick is Bambi on ice for me. I mean, he's he's all pace. Um, I think if you double team him, you're gonna get you're gonna get nothing out of him. So even even one on one, Lafferty, I think Lafferty would be able. But then you're going to have the likes of Gary O'Neill who'll be slotting in just to his right-hand side and in behind him as well as give him a dig out. Possibly acting as a, a third centre-half or fourth centre-half at times if Lafferty's gone forward or he gets beaten. I think... Uh, I think Pretty part- sure he played Lafferty in the opening day against Bowles. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Over La- over De- definitely Perugia. did, yeah. A full back with a brace care. Shades of Lillian Taram in the 1998 World Lillian Cup semi-final. Taram, what a player. Ah, <laughs> oh, one of my favourite defenders ever. Yeah, so uh, are we happy enough with the performance overall? Yeah, I thought it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a lot better. And it's, we're getting gradually better. Mm. And they didn't really dig in the way I thought they would. They didn't sit back and they tried to play a bit of ball. But it's a better core team than we played Absolutely. after 6-0. Absolutely fascinated by how balls will play against Did you notice the big kind of fat striker coming on? He missed the header. Um, no, I didn't. Big guy, like, it was like... Uh, I remember the missed, chant, the missed header, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big belly on him. It just thought, it just looked, he looked, I don't know, <laughs> he kitted out big, but... You always have some weird comments. What was the one about the Finn Harps game? <laughs> oh, the country <laughs> singer taking the show in. <laughs> Someone replied to us on Twitter about that. They just they sent us the audio clip, and they were just in bits laughing. Yeah, a bit of a weird way of thinking of things, yeah. Uh Yeah. So yeah, happy enough with that performance. And I think if 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 you look at it on paper, and we said it was a big two weeks for the club. We got through Europe, got through the cup. It's about beating balls now. So it's two out of three, two big uh, two big results. Although we're not blowing teams away the way we were. It's something to look like it's we we could probably pick it up against balls because we know they will not sit back. They will come and attack us. I like how Joey put it, he says we've not been beaten in a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Put it that way, yeah. It's a great way of thinking of it. So at long, Shelbourne, Derry, Finn Harps, Dundalk, Sligoar Bowles will join us in the half of the quarterfinals and Bowles had a comfortable two 0 win over Cabin Teeley and they won all five of their domestic games since the break, conceding only one goal and they have 
the best defence in the league, letting in only four. Is that an overall total? Yeah. Best defence league. How many are we letting? Six. And we've scored eight more, I think. Possibly 14 and eight, maybe six more. Definitely have a good few more. Yeah, yeah definitely have a good few more. See Bowes in uh, the win over Cabo. They had piped in atmospheric noise through the PA. I know, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that PA in the ground. Yeah. Is that the way it is all across the board in the grounds, or is that just the TV stations putting it in? Like, can the players hear? It's a stupid question. Well, I actually thought it was the TV. Yeah, I don't think it is. Is it in the stadium as well? Or is it just the TVs? I don't know. Anyone who knows well, that, let us know. People made a point of saying that, that this was in the PA, so that made it sound like it was unusual, didn't it? Uh, we Matt Doherty, 1.2 million for Bowes, apparently. So, uh, hopefully some Nigerian fraudster gets his hand on the wire transfer before it goes into the accounts with Bowes posters everywhere as well around the south side. So, we will be, we'll, uh, we've, we've heard they're being um, put up in the south side, yeah? So, that's not, not a fan of that. It is the highest ever windfall for a, such a league of it has to transfer. Be, doesn't it? It's huge money. At least until Gavin Bazuna makes his 25 million move to Bayern. That's it. A few years time. It's actually a lot of young kids going to Bayern at the, mo- at the moment. There's two Scottish players playing for them. Yeah. One guy just signed from, from from Celtic, a winger. I can't remember his name. I was only looking at him yesterday. I was shocked. So a couple of um, a couple of Scottish lads going to Bayern Munich. So it's not mm. uh, a crazy thing to think that he could get a transfer eventually. As you said earlier, it's, it, you, you wouldn't fear AC Milan when they're trying to sign Jeff Hendrick. No. That's that's kind of summed them up for me at the minute. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bowes are calling this karma. This 10-year wait for a... I don't get that, though. Why is it karma? For a windfall. I don't know. Surely awful things should happen to them <laughs> if karma exists. They saw the ground three times, so maybe they'll sell pieces of this somehow. And the rest, everything else that's been sh- brushed underneath the carpet. I hear they're going to add a third port loo in the Des County. A third one? Yeah. We couldn't be so lucky, bro. Really splash the cash, We you know? couldn't be so lucky. You mentioned those balls passers. Uh, we got this message from somebody. Uh, it was quite funny. He said, uh, balls are looking for people to stick up buntings in their gaffs in Cabra for their anniversary. They knocked into my sister-in-law's uh, with them and she goes sorry we're rovers okay. disgusted I'd say disgusted um, it's a it's a good it's a good initiative though you know it's 130 years all putting stuff around Fisborough certainly probably spruce it up anyway because it's an absolute shithole so um, in more important news Gavin Bazunu started versus Port Vale at the weekend so he's getting uh, games for the Dale already and from the Twitter updates he played well made a couple of good saves mm-hmm. two penalties conceded not his fault so uh, yeah great news from Bazuna getting games in and I'm hoping they're really pushing him on there they look like they really rate him so it's great to see young Gav big Gav get games at League 1 absolutely Rovers 19's prof beat Bray 2-1 with goals from Dylan Duffy and Adomo Imaku so very very happy with that and the 19's back winning games Dylan Duffy and Adomo Maku. You have a few challenges here, Gar. Coming up. Oh, Best luck. God. With them. <laughs> right, here we go. And it's time. Three wins for three games so far for our 17 side who defeated Bray 4 1 on Saturday. Now, remember, this 17 side are very young as well. They'd have 15, 16 year olds. So, Mikey Letty, who is scoring for the B team, am I right? He got his first one against. Got, yeah, on Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Was it him? It was Mikey Letty, wasn't it? This guy is in the. Yeah. This is the one we're looking at for now. He's an absolute animal. So he scored twice and four goals through Eric Abudoir 
and Kevin Zeffi. That could be interpreted in a different way. Eric Abudore or Eric Aboudois. So and Kevin Zeffi as well, the starlet who has attracted interest from clubs all over Europe. He has uh, gotten goals as well, and he's getting game time with the B team. So this is what we're all talking about. We want these guys to get game time, you know? Speaking of Milan, Gar, this, this Zeffi, the Milan thing, looks like it's about to happen. Really? It's That's the rumours. The big team in Milan, is it? The big one, yeah. The big one, right. So he's not going to the minnows of Milan. Mm-hmm. I know it's quieting down for a few weeks, but... It's starting to, it's starting to rumble on again, hear, is it? might hear something soon. Um... 15s prof 4-0 against Cabantini hoops goals from Mark Tanzi and a hat-trick from Gideon Teta and that's uh, <laughs> I love that name Gideon why do I know it that's the one I was looking for why does that ring a bell why does Gideon ring a bell it's something of a, of a TV programme or a movie but Gideon Teta wasn't there a wrestler called that Gideon yeah I think so as well so some uh, a goal fest in the Roadstone over the weekend so really happy with that and the Tour Danes beat UCD 1-0 as well so a really good weekend overall mm. And um, all those games took place at Rosetown, but all in the Rosetown. And we had an All Ireland final double on Sunday that sadly both ended in defeat to St. Kevin's after extra time. The under 14s and Noli O'Brien's under 11s. And it was really unfortunate as they had a couple of players who couldn't play through lockdown. They had a midfielder in goal, they had a couple of set, and they were not making excuses. But once once you don't have your goalie in and you have a player, an outfield player in, it's a major handicap. Yeah. They don't need Realist- 11 players. Yeah, realistically, it is. And it was a, a valiant effort from the lads. So big shout out to them and keep the heads up and keep playing ball, lads. Uh, the newly formed Rovers women's team under 17s finally at long last got their season underway and they get off to a great start with a 6 1 win over Donegal at the Roadstone. So congrats to Sean Kelly. Friend of the show and his players, so a big, big win for the start of the season. Call for Jesse Stapleton on her debut. Oh, yes. Fine header, I was told. And the club made a presentation to Paulie O'Brien to thank him for the driving force. Being the driving force behind the incredible Will Never Die Go Fund Me effort in recent months, raising just over 36,500. So thanks for all your support and Paul for driving numerous projects in the fan initiative. And it was a, it was a bit of crack doing this as well, you know, thinking of things that we could do. So you, so got, what, you got the big novelty check. The big novelty check, yeah, yeah. So uh, a bit of crack anyway, and well done to all involved. Nearly 40,000 quid raised. Um, Wayne Scales, prof. Wayne Scales. <laughs> I'd like to wish all the best to my old comrade and hoops legend, John Cody, who retired from a push yesterday after more years than he cares to remember. So JC is not doing the rounds anymore. Good on post mm. stalwart. And, uh, he always delivered. He always delivered. He really did, yeah. Right to the letter of the law. Anymore? No, it's the easiest one, isn't it? Yeah, he was great on paper. So yeah, Mark Lynch said we'd see JC doing his post round, uh, doing his post round as we went to school in Sing Street in the morning, and then we go to a game Milltown and beyond the pitch. So what a hoop he was, and he still is today. Yeah, John isn't ever present in the stand. He's great with the show. We've had him on here. He's a top top guy. So uh, we'll be seeing more of him hopefully. And that's the thing about the retirement on post. He's not necessarily at retirement age. I can't imagine he's anywhere near retirement age. But. Mm. Uh, yeah, so he'd be uh, he'd be going on to future other endeavors. Maybe maybe he'd go into media. So it won't, won't be Chelsea anyway. <laughs> yeah, it won't be Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and uh, all at Shamrock Rovers were deeply saddened by the news and passing of John Courtney. John was a great supporter of the football club and particular, particularly in support of Rovers, and um, he was a a big big a big figure in Rovers throughout the years and. Um, he used to. I think he used to be the owner of Carlisle. Isn't that right? Not sure. Yeah, there was a couple of. But either way, the Courtney family have been great with Rovers for years. So our condolences out to them. 
Right, Prof. Here we go. Starting 11s and predictions. I haven't even wrote it down this time. This is the toughest one yet. I'm genuinely, genuinely... I'm going to let you go first. You have Ooh. to. I need time. This is really tough, man. It really is. Um, right, I'm scribbling mine down. I'm going to go for the same team as Ilves, except Lafferty in for Ferrugia. Yeah. I might give us your your goal scores and predictions there, but I'm just scribbling mine down. I, I don't want to predict derbies. So uh, I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to say anything about it. I've no stats deliberately. G O M Mac. I'm hoping for the best, and I believe. I think Watsy deserves a start. Yeah, Watsy was very good. He came when he came on against Silvers. Uh, I mentioned that lovely ball for the first goal. Oh, this is tough. Oh, God. I'm going to struggle here. Three, five, two. Oh, God, right, I'm going to have to go with mine. Get your cloud in order. Oh, Manus, Pigo, Grace, Joey. Yeah, so going work, he told me that he thinks Grace is the weak link. Grace? Yeah, so I'll drop kick them. <laughs> True fucking pain glass window. No, he's... He, he said it to me and I said you're mad man I mean one or two games that's that's the thing about judging players that play against you maybe four times a season max it's kind of judged to get it, hard to get a judging but Grace is Grace is a leader among men so I'm going to go laugh on the left because of his brace and I think he'd be able to uh, keep a hold of Twardick I'm going to keep Finner there um, they're gonna, he's going to have young Grant on his on his case isn't he mm-hmm. and he's very good at the minute he's in form so it's going to be Finn going to keep him there dear here's the problem now so Mac and F Gary O'Neill and Watts I'm going to start in the middle I'm going to put Bourne in there but then I'm going to do I keep Green or off do I start Bourke he's going to play someone like that does Watts I'm going to don't underestimate how fired up Aaron Green does be for these days yeah I can't drop Green after this I can't drop Green after this I'm going to have to put him back ugh He'll run all day for us. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna keep Watson the bench. Sorry, Watsy. Bourne, Gary O'Neill, McInef in the middle, Greener up top, and Bork. And uh, it'll give us a decent bench. We'll have something to go to. We'll have, we can dip into the well for Watts. You basically just reverted back to my team, is it? I think I did. Yeah. But I'll let you have that one now. I'll let you have that one. Right with predictions. Oh God. I predicted something earlier. I'm gonna stick to it. And you're gonna laugh. I'm going to go 4 2 Rovers. Oh, for God's sake. It's, listen, it's. These tense derbies are out the window now because of the fucking. The fans are gone. And yeah. normally, when you start, when, like, when it's about 70 minutes, 75 minutes, you can hear Rovers fans going, come on, oh, come on, these are fucking shy. The atmosphere changes if we haven't scored in around 70, 75 minutes. And we mm. start to not get on their back, but we start to get impatient. That's not the case now. And if these don't come to us and attack us, when they can win and go a point above us then they're pussies man excuse the language or whatever but they have to come and attack us they have to they can't come looking for a point they're going to come and play their game if Keith Long has any balls as a manager he will come and he will attack us the way they have been attacking teams in the last 5 games 10 or whatever they will come and attack us and play their game and they'll do it at their peril as well because every team that has come to us so far has been defensive and we've struggled mm. to break them down but if they go and do what they usually do it will tear them to shreds I think but they do have capabilities to score goals and they're a good team. Let's not let's not paint paint it all paint over it. They are a good team. But I think we will have 
the edge on them if it comes down to a, a, a like a slugfest where it's box for box and punch for punch and we go attack for attack I think we'll have the better I think they do feed off their fans when they come here as well and they won't have that big time 100% yeah but it's, it's on both sides but it'll be interesting to see who can pull this one out of, out of fire now because it's the biggest derby in the league in 10 years we are going to have off someone soon because I think you said earlier it's feast or famine with us yeah we're going to be someone 5 or 6 nil in the next few weeks sometime so 6 nil, prof, prof <laughs> 6 nil. I don't know what you're writing down there <laughs> but, uh, are the team with the best events in the league going to, sc- going to concede 4 there you go that's what we're Today, talking about I'd, but football is a crazy sport I'd be surprised you know. but uh, I, I'm hopeful I, I'm hopeful with this team so um, yeah it's going to be interesting I'm going to go 4-2 and I'll say I'll say Jack to get off the mark Jack 3 assists a goal greener and 2 for Bork I'll say James Talbot on goal James Talbot on goal he's even playing no he's not even getting a game Um, yeah so uh, the no fans thing like we said we spoke about it's, it's going to be a big factor so uh, I, I'll be I'll be watching it from somewhere mm-hmm. Well, the ticket build has moved. Did you notice that? Yeah, that, that's. Uh, no I wonder more. if that was done by the club or the council. I'd say it was the council. The club no, would be no like more that. sludge in your shoes. No, girl. no more sludge. But uh, where does the will is away? See in uh, Brighton, two and a half thousand people were allowed in. Is that is that, that was that the Amex? Experiment. Is that where it's talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering what that was. That was interesting. Interesting to see, you know. But like I said, uh, it's a very, very tough time to be a fan, especially when the derby's coming up. But listen, we'll get through it and hopefully we'll pull off the win. It'll be the most real derby of all mm. time, that's for sure. Um, our badges selling like absolute hotcakes. It's the probably the coolest design, yeah? It just jumps off the page, jumps off your jumper. It's really, really cool. So we're going to be selling them whenever we pretty much see people. We're not going to mm. be sending them out. We're not going to be posting them. So if you see us mm. and you want a badge, ask us. Because that's the only way to get them. That's how exclusive they are so um, I know I would say this because they're they're air badges but these are class they are they're, they're really actually, cool it has an unusual amount of detail to them you know the what I mean serious amount of detail I didn't think all the detail from our original design would actually yeah. work on a badge and it did so big shout out to Al footy badges Al Murray who uh, looks after us every single time with fantastic mm. stuff I actually wore the shirt on Thursday that of that of that badge design. Only oh, two yeah. of them. Only two of them exist. Two Gary, of them exist, Jim. Which continues to irk Carl Kearns. He's, <laughs> he wants. He wants them made. We'll get them done eventually. That's no longer twelve can Carl Kearns. He's now internet super fan. Carl Kearns. Yeah, internet super fan with flares. Carl <laughs> Kearns. Yeah, he was getting it trolled online. Well uh, able for it. He's well able. And I have one quick announcement just before we leave, Gar. Uh, by the time you hear this, it should be out on, out on uh, Facebook. Twitter myself and young Kane Hopkins have begun a documentary this is going to be the documentary of all documentaries it's called Take Me Home charting the 22 homeless years for Rovers between Milltown and Tallaght this is going to be epic man I really can't wait for this so if you saw our, if you saw our fake documentary for Tales from the East End I think a lot of people uh, really enjoyed that and that that was a joke mm. and we put a fair bit of effort into that this is this is like this is a long, a long-term project, and uh, we're hoping to involve pretty much everyone involved, all the key people, all the key players. So yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully. So uh, yeah, that is the documentary. But considering we drew the Italian joints, we're gonna, I'm gonna update you with some phrases every so often. Oh, just a quick word. At uh, Rovers Doc is the Twitter account. 
uh, if you can give us a follow Rovers there. Doc do not forget yeah. that so follow it and uh, retweet the hell out of it but like we said the Italians are coming to town and every week we're going to give you a couple of phrases right so the prof in his uh, in his best tongue is going to I'm going to give you the Italian of course and then the prof is going to read out the English so the first is Dai Rovers questi sono merda come on Rovers these are shite Vaffanculo rosso e nero de merda. Fuck Milan, red and white shy. E Silvio, do fell after party. Hey Silvio, where's the after party? A bunga bunga. <laughs> and then we have Zlatan, il tuo talento più impressionante e fumare sotto le tozia. Zlatan, your most impressive talent is smoking in the shower. Linda el de Milan. Inter are the kings of Milan. And that's the vocabulary and the phrase book for you this week. We're going to hit you with a, fo- a couple until we play them. Until we play the red and black shite. So that is it. The keys which, are jangling. Which red and black shite? There's plenty there's of red and black. There's three red and black shite coming up. <laughs> so that is it for this week. Um, we will see you on the wall. See you in the south stand. See you somewhere. But hopefully it will be with three points after we beat all of the red and black shite out there. So uh, that is it. Keep on hooping. And see you, uh, see you somewhere. See you. Wild enough, baby If you need me, call me No matter